Hello and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode 251. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brian Oski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on the Inner Gamer podcast, we start off by telling you what we did during our time off in December. We played some We're games. Back. Took a break, you know, had a good time, relax, and we covered some news topics that came out over that time period that we feel like are very important. And dang, do we have some pretty good discussions? Uh, Alienware is coming out with a Switch like console. Well, yeah, what? Xbox Series X won't have exclusives at launch. And uh, two other articles that are really interesting Pokemon, Respawn, you know, good stuff. And for our discussion topic, Game of the Year 2019, the moment you've all been waiting for, the first episode of every year, the most exciting episode. We cover a lot, and we talk a lot. So strap in and get ready, because this a is going to be a deep dive. And guess what? We're back, bitches! Welcome to January 14th, 2020. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. Welcome back to the Inner Gamer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to show your support by donating to take us to the next level. Visit theinnergamer.net, theinnergamer.net, slash donate to contribute or simply share this podcast with a friend. Brett, was that theinnergamer.net? Theinnergamer.net, not .com, .net, with a the. We too fancy for .com. Oh, yeah. Dot com is so last decade. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, don't so judge last us. decade. Don't judge us. Yeah. We're in the 20s now. Like we can now say that we're in the 20s, not like the 2000s or All like right. the 10s. Like that doesn't sound right. We can say we're in the 20s now. I got the next year we can next decade. We can say we're in the 30s and we'll be uh, 40. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish I was in my 20s now. So, dude, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, we're old man. men now. But days. you know what? I miss it. I miss the 20s. We're still young at heart. We're still young at heart. We play yeah, we play exactly. We play video games. Also, if everybody's in the DFW area, check out our event this week. We are back in 2020, January 16th, I believe. Uh, we'll be at Hot Fusion Brewery in Fort Worth, Texas. So come on out and hang out with us. We'll be playing some board games with our buddies at Friend Info Board Game Cafe. I will be there, but I will be there late, likely because work. And then we're going to Pack South this weekend, which is also really exciting. So if you guys are going to be at Pack South in San Antonio, shoot us a message on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, and let us know. And we'll meet up and hang out. Let's have a little community meetup kind of thing. You know what I mean? Let's do it. Let's do it. Make it happen. Drinks. Geeks. Gamers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you come out and say that you listen to the podcast and you actually listen to the podcast and you show me that you subscribe to us and we go to a bar, like I'll buy you one drink. Yeah. Let's see if that actually happens. Of our gratitude. Yeah. If if like a hundred people show up, I'm gonna be broke. But <laughs> I, it'll be worth we'll it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But anyway, we're gonna change up this podcast a little bit today because uh this is our epic game of the year discussion podcast. But first, because it's been so long since you've heard our lovely voices, we got a few things to talk about, such as what we've been up to over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And also, we're going to have a little bit of news we want to cover just because it's been so long and there's been some cool stuff that's happened. So we'll get into that later. But first, we're going to talk about what we've been up to. So uh, we've had the holidays. We've been oh, off for like, goodness. what, three, four weeks, something like that? Four weeks, actually. Yeah, yeah. four weeks. Um, this is the first time I've seen Austin in a week and a, and half. a half. 
It's like that's the most long time not seeing each other. Yeah, it's crazy. Basically married. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely no. not. No, uh, that's funny. Married by business. That's that's the way it is. That's How do they say? If you that's get in business with somebody, you're basically married to them. Exactly, exactly. So, Austin, what have you been up to? What did you, uh, you do over the break? <laughs> How many games did you beat? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've played a lot of uh, Battlefield Five. Really? And I was going to try to get back in the Apex, but then I was like, you know what? Yeah, the Christmas event. It's just event. so daunting. Yeah, around the same time I saw that and I was like, eh. Yeah. Eh. I don't know if I want to jump back into it. It's a huge time suck, but I had a lot of fun this year playing it. You know, yeah. I played it for quite a few months consistently. Oh, I'm sure we'll and, be back. Um, yeah. Season three starts. We'll oh, be or four or whatever the next season is. I don't know. I just don't know if I want to go back into that. Huh. <laughs> it, was, it was such a time suck and... You know, it's like the people who play used to play WoW. It's like we love it so much, but if we go back, it's just not going to be good. Well, you did go back. I I, I know. That's what I was saying. The people who say that. Oh, okay. I didn't say that. Yeah. Because oh, okay. I went you back. Did go back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I understand. Yeah. Play some Death Stranding. Didn't beat it. Man, that game is long, and there's a lot of stuff in there. Um. Yeah, that's that's about it. Other than that, I've been like you know, doing kind of some board game things, which has been nice. Good change yeah. of pace. Obsessed with Warhammer Underworlds. Yes. So I've been painting a lot of minis uh, throughout the holidays. It was funny because I jumped back into Warhammer with Travis. And that you know how that crazy that game gets. You know, there's a lot of enemies. Oh, Vermintide? On. Yeah, Vermintide. Okay. Uh, enemies are coming at you, and there's so many. And you're sl- Well, I play the elf, so there's a lot of moving and slashing. I got to tell you, my eyes were not ready for that. It was <laughs> super. I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Click everything, move everywhere, hit everything. I don't know. Like you need to go back to a turn-based game for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like yourself. there was so much happening on screen. I just it was hard to comprehend because I've been so focused on like you know not a lot of eye movement, so it kind of sucks. Um, but I had fun, you know. Yeah, got to do some stuff. Go b- jump back into games I haven't played in a while, and uh, it was great, man. It's awesome. Yeah. What about you? I dig it. Uh, went to visit family. I went out to Tennessee. And I brought my Xbox with me because I was like, I can play Game Pass on the Xbox. Yep. And I played 30 minutes the entire week I was there. Nice. Thinking I would play a lot more, but I didn't. But uh, there was a lot of family time that had to happen. I went to Pigeon Forge and saw Dolly Parton Stampede, which was crazy. And then I went to this crime museum for three hours and walked around and learned about all kinds of ways people have killed each other over the years. So that was pretty fascinating. And then um, I went through the Smoky Mountains, which is pretty cool. Got to see the Smoky Mountains for a little bit. That was, nice. that was nice. Very nice. And then I started The Outer Worlds. Haven't played a lot of it, but I played enough to be able to talk about it, which is cool. I like it so far. Right, right. Um, I can't really say what my character is that I've kind of created, but I'm working on some things where I can like do cool persuasive things and do some tinkering and some stuff like that. So it's a, it's interesting so far. Very I'm liking nice. it. Very nice. Played Untitled Goose Game. Mm-hmm. Finally jumped into that. Played a lot of that on the Switch. Um, that game is hard as shit. Um, it's complicated. <laughs> it's very heavily puzzle-ified. Yeah. But it's hilarious. Yes, it is. Um, I like to quack and make noises or, go- or make goose noises. And I like to, uh, I like to screw with people all the time. So... I want to make a video about that at some point. Very cool. Very cool. And then, uh, yeah, just been playing, been playing a lot of games, but nothing that I've like finished. Just been going all over the place because why not? There's so many games. Like, how do you finish anything these I days? Know. 
And I've been playing a lot more uh, games on my f- Apple Arcade. So I picked up a few new ones there, playing through some of those. I started Disco Elysium because I want to talk about it on the podcast. Nice. So that's that's been pretty fun. Um, what else have I played? Man, just going through the rounds, yeah. all the things. Oh, we played Anthem with Jason for a little oh, bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we played that for a night the, for about four or five hours yeah, or three or four hours. It wasn't bad. Well, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't no. bad. Well, it helped that I was drinking. <laughs> it like, did yes. help that. I was intoxicated, yes. so therefore everything was better. <laughs> well, you know what? I was actually looking forward to jump back in it with you guys, but I don't, I forgot what happened. I think I was, I meant to text Jason. I don't know what I did some night. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I would like to play it again. I, don't I would like mind. to keep going just to, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would play after the end game like or into the end game, but right. I would at least play the story to see what it's all about. I skipped all of that story. Really? <laughs> it's like, it's whatever. Uh, well, I know people were saying that, you know, the, the facial animations were better than they were in uh, Andromeda. Andromeda. Oh, yeah, big time. But I actually think they're like way better. Like there were some nuances I've seen in some of the characters I did watch early yeah. on. And I was like, oh, that's like, they got some good facial animations there. The animations are good. It's just the character delivery is not great yeah. in some cases, which yeah. is weird because it's people that made Mass Effect and Dragon Age, like, those had pretty good deliveries, but yeah, that's it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. So well, when you have people leaving, like good head people leaving every freaking quarter, there's like, well, going everywhere. Hey, Joey, the janitor, <laughs> get over here. You're now in charge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm leaving too. Bye, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's rough, but hopefully, hopefully 2020 is a good year for them. I don't know if they'll be able to release anything this year, but. If they keep doing some stuff to Anthem, maybe it'll be good by the time the new consoles roll around. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. It's just not a good time to work at Bioware because they're trying to do Dragon Age, which is probably not going to come out this year or next year. Right. It's like they're they're having to revamp all of Anthem to make it a playable game that people want to come back to. One, the ship's probably already sold. And two, that's a lot of resources and manpower and time. How are you going to get Dragon Age out? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're a big studio, but that's still that's a lot of money. A resources. lot of yeah, it's a lot of effort to put into something that may or may not float. But I mean, it's like their core mechanics are good. Yeah, they just need to get do better at all the other stuff. Right, like the story. Right, and the making it making the loot more exciting and engaging and stuff like that. Or games as a service is a failed model. Make a fucking game, and then this wouldn't have happened. That's all I say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I honestly think this would have been better served as. I mean, I like that they're trying to make it this open world thing you want to stick in for a while, but I think it would have been better served if it was just like a really big epic, <coughs> big epic like co-op story. That'd be great. Like here you go. Here's four player co-op. You can drop in, drop out like Borderlands style. You know, like like more in that line where it's very heavily story based, but you don't have you don't have like don't worry about the end game stuff. I mean, granted, Borderlands does have like an end game, but right. it's basically just ramping up difficulty. Um, it's pr- honestly, it's probably what it was ahead of time, and then when you know they changed big it, big old big old boss man comes <clears> and it's <throat> like we need a game we need to do this differently. We need games as a service. Give it to us. <laughs> Basically. Yes. Yeah. Because they're demons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. They anyway. Are. All right. Well, let's talk about some news for a little bit. So that's what we've been up to. 
just so y'all know, pretty exciting. You know, we've been playing some, lots of games, taking a much needed break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my work has like taken over my life, which has also been lovely. But uh, lovely. Yeah, I've still <laughs> been trying to play games when I can. Okay. But right. we got four articles we want to talk about real quick. And then we're going to jump into the big epic game of the year discussion where we have community submissions and our own submissions and all that stuff. So we're really excited about that. But first, I want to talk about yes. uh, Xbox. Yes. Xbox has come out and said that the Xbox Series X will not launch with next-gen exclusive titles. So what does that mean? Halo Infinite will not be exclusive to the Xbox Series X. It'll be for any Xbox that's out there. So if you have your Xbox One, if you have your Xbox One X, or whatever this next one is actually called. So apparently the Series X is not the actual name of it, I don't think. Hmm. So what I've been hearing is that ultimately going forward, hmm. Xbox is now just called Xbox. And then they'll have uh, <laughs> upgrades and iterations kind of like phones are as they come out. So they might have, I don't know exactly yet, but Series X is not the name of this next console. It's the name of a family of products, right. I believe, that they're working it's the on. It's Xbox Six. Box. <laughs> yes, it's a sex box. That's why <laughs> well, that's it's a, a rectangle. <laughs> okay, I wasn't going for that, but I was just trying to do like Xbox X box. Xbox. Bit, I mean that you know it, it was ripe for it. I was just okay. like I was jumping on it. You oh, said okay. right. you were like sex box. I was like sex box. I did not say sex box. You're I was like saying S- Xbox. X's, and I was like sex. That's it. That's right. what it is. That's what it is. Um, and then it's also ironic that the guy that uh, is talking about this stuff, his name is Matt Booty. So, sex box, Matt Booty, like I mean, there's all the things that hidden are there. hidden things in here. Okay, all kinds of hidden Sublim- Sublimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
they had a few games out there, but they weren't anything amazing. And yeah, you got to see some next gen graphics, but it wasn't really worth the price of like selling your old console, whatever that was, and jumping into this new ecosystem until it really f- uh, rounded out its you know title base. And with this, I mean, it gives them more time to work on these games, which is a really good thing. <clears throat> and that could prove well for them, but I don't know. I just feel like at this point, Xbox is a bunch of bro dudes. I use that term lightly. It's probably not the best term. Yeah. But it's like PS4 or PlayStation realize, or whoever's leading the he- the helm of PlayStation, I forget the guy's name. Yeah. He's always out on stage and stuff talking. Like he understands what a good story is and what pushes their product. And this is why they've been successful. So for Xbox, I felt like they've either given up or whoever's helming, uh, whoever's in charge of like making certain decisions, um, they, I guess they just don't see the relevance or necessity to produce good titles that could be exclusive or cause you know, this last towards the last, uh, of this year, they're all like, you know, it plays better on Xbox, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's not everything, but it plays better here. And that doesn't necessarily hold true to stuff. I don't know. I just feel like they're doing They're I think they're leaning in the right direction, but I think they've lost sight of things that actually work. And I don't know why they won't, they don't want to go there to make really good games. They got these studios who have really good stories such as Ninja Theory. Like why not make that an exclusive? You would sell, you would actually sell some Xboxes for that. I guarantee you. you Yeah. What I think, I think a lot of it, I think some of it is due to time, like where they are now. I don't think because all these studio acquisitions have happened last two years. Yeah. So like, it's likely that the games that they're making as part of their relationship with Xbox um, are still in development and likely will still be in development on into 2021. I'm right. guessing. Um, like but, obviously, Bleeding yeah. Edge was a was Bleeding Edge was happening with Ninja Theory before the acquisition, and I think with Xbox they didn't want to say, "Oh, hey, we bought you now." Therefore, this game that you've been making, intending to be on all platforms, we're going to make an exclusive. So they're like, "You can, we're going to keep it that way." And for them, I think it's. It's good and bad. I think some of it is that they just don't have enough stuff ready yet. Mm-hmm. But I like this idea of if they can pull off this delivery of we are selling this Xbox Series X. There's no exclusive titles on it, but everything that you buy will be best experience on this platform, whether it's an Xbox game or not. Um, could be interesting to see because they're they're like, hey, look at our... I mean, if they can show comparisons between Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, which is rumored to be coming out this year, of like, here's what how it plays here, here's how it plays on PlayStation, here's how it plays on PC, this is where you want to play it for these reasons, that could be pretty pretty awesome. Right. But that's only going to last them for like a year. Right. But then by the time that comes around, they're going to have all these big games that are coming out that'll probably be part of their Xbox ecosystem, which will also be <laughs> available on PC. Right. So they'll have that concept there too which i think is is good because for me like i'm i'm more involved with xbox now than i've ever been but i'm not playing on the xbox as much but i've been more enticed to play on my xbox because of game pass and because of what they're putting on the platform right right so like i'm more in the the ecosystem of xbox now than ever before so they've pulled me back in even though i've never been a purchaser there i'm not haven't purchased any hardware and for that i think it's it's pretty important for them to 
I think they're realizing that they can't just win with hardware sales. Mm-hmm. They need to win with other things um, and be like a Steam or something like that. Because like PlayStation, they win because of their exclusives. But if they didn't have their exclusives, nobody would be like, I'm going to buy PlayStation because I like their store better than everybody else. Their store is, quite frankly, not very good. But their And their sales aren't ever very good. But their games that are exclusive to that console are great. Xbox, they 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 I think they're still working on getting those exclusives in place. I mean, like Crackdown Three was supposed to be a big one that didn't do very well. Sea of Thieves right now is their biggest exclusive that they have, right? And even that wasn't like a huge hit. So right, right, right. I think they're trying to like working on playing it differently so that they can still be relevant and grow and get bigger without having to fight PlayStation, which they're struggling with right now. Right. And then hopefully in a couple of years, they'll be, bam, check out all these awesome games that we have. Right. I guess this is not saying that it's there won't be any exclusives. It's just saying it's not going to launch with it. But at the same time, they've said they want to release the games across yeah. all platforms. Yeah. So, I mean, if you just had a few exclusives, it's like, I don't know. Well, and that's the other thing that a lot of people were, com- <laughs> were concerned about with the way that this was written is that every single article that people have written about this has said it won't launch with next gen game or it won't launch with exclusive titles right which people are thinking oh that means it's never going to happen right well, it will right. eventually happen it's yeah. just for now what is it going to be they're, they're kind of playing an overwatch move where it's like yeah. we don't want to lose an audience of people to play this game that we are bringing out we want everybody to be able to play it so yeah. let's bring it out on multiple versions of what we have right so more people can have access to it and whether or not they upgrade, it's great. But when they see how great it looks here versus here, maybe mm-hmm. it'll entice them to make a purchase. Right. But they don't have to, and they're I still going to sell a copy. Yeah, I mean, I see the benefits to that. I mean, there are really, there are a lot of good benefits for releasing it on all things. But at the same time, like we've discussed before in many podcasts in the past, is that PlayStation has created an ecosystem where it's easy to fanboy out because you feel special because they're treating us to these really awesome, unique experiences that you only get there. So yeah. they created their brand in that way. But yes, Xbox is always going to be a big name brand to everybody, but it doesn't hold the same weight as PlayStation does now. I agree. And I yeah. think that is where they need to focus on. And right now they're trying to be more, uh, I don't know what the right term is, consumerist where, you know, just let's just make some money. What's the best way to make money? And that's fine. Like every, that's what everyone's trying to do. Yeah. But I don't know. They could use a little tidy up on yeah. their image. Like their brand name doesn't isn't like <clears throat> you're not going to Xbox for the games anymore. Yeah. You're going to Xbox because you like you have your gamer score. You have the console is really solid, but you're not going there for their specific games. But right. PlayStation has always been you go there for PlayStation games you can only get on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, exactly. And uh, yeah, so that's worked out well for PlayStation, but Xbox, I think, is just struggling with their their titles. But who knows? Maybe in two or three years. I mean, the first year of launch is going to be. It's always. I mean, PS4 launch was pretty weak as far as our launch lineup. Oh yeah, and there wasn't much enticement to do it. So mm-hmm. like for them to do this and be like nobody, they're they're basically saying like not many people are going to buy the Xbox this holiday season. Right. But hopefully, if we can sell. The idea that these graphics are so amazing and awesome on all these games that are available. Yep. Either they're going to sell that console or they're going to sell Halo Infinite or both together. Yeah. But they don't want to like cut out Halo Infinite completely, right. knowing that people might not spend the f- what will likely be like 500 bucks on the Xbox Series X or whatever. Yep. So 
I think that I think we'll kind of see more sales at launch of this of Halo than we normally would. But as far as console console sales go, we'll see. I don't know. Yep. Cool. But it's interesting. It's a it's a cool. It's it's an interesting move. It's a kind of a ballsy move, and I'll, I'll be curious to see see how it plays out for them. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, all right. Now, <clears throat> CES went down that last week, which Woo! those of you who don't know what CES is, it's the Consumer Electronics Show where everybody unveils all their awesome, badass new TVs that are like massive wall TVs, like 8K TVs, 16K K TVs. Paper they, thin. You can roll them up pa- and bend yeah, them and stuff. That was fuck, fucking weird. I didn't realize crazy, they had dude. that. You can like roll it up into a freaking ball in the ceiling. <clears throat> I'm seen like, the one I want that. It looks like a sound bar, like an oversized sound bar. And actually rolls like rise out. up, yeah. I yeah. was like, "What the?" Fuck? So that was the one that apparently they announced last year, and then yeah. this year they now have one that comes out of the ceiling, like comes out of the top and what? goes down. So like you can like Dude, like mount crazy. it to your ceiling and yeah. it just like, pfft. yeah, it's it's amazing sound effects. It's amazing, that's super cool. But um, work on your sound effects. But beyond all that, Alienware came out and announced a new prototype concept that they have called Concept UFO, and it's a handheld PC prototype. That is very heavily influenced by the Nintendo Switch. Heavily, like almost it, exactly. <laughs> it almost feels like it's got detachable Joy Cons. <laughs> it's got a screen. It can dock. It's got a stand behind it. But what's interesting about this is this is a PC. Uh, it's got Windows 10 on it. Um, we don't know if it's going to be real or if this is just proof of concept. But it runs Windows 10. It weighs around two pounds. It has an eight-inch 1200p display. So more than 1080p but not much more um the con- controllers connect through magnetic strips and then it's got its own like uh grip that you can slide your controllers into to make a bigger thing that looks like a ufo so uh it also has USB C ports on the unit that can be used for a variety of things including connecting a keyboard and a mouse so there's a lot of different options for this device and they had it playable at ces with uh games like rocket league mortal kombat 11 um, things like that, and uh, apparently people were really impressed by it. And it's a very nice-looking piece of hardware. Um, it's got those detachable controllers. I mean, it literally is a mini PC. Um, you could theoretically load Steam onto this and play all the Steam games. It's 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 interesting. Like, I'm kind of excited about it and yeah. what they do with it. Like, it's this could <laughs> shake a lot of things up, I feel like. Like looking for yes, like you have the portability. Great. There's a billion games, like billions of oh, I don't say billion, millions of games on Steam that you could get and play at any time. Having it portable, like I feel like this is this could shake the whole concept of gaming up in a way that you know you could. Tech, well, I mean, you can only get Nintendo stuff from Nintendo, so like you no. kind of have to have the Switch if you are if that is your thing. You're gonna get a Switch. But if you have a console or a PC, and depending on battery life, uh, you know how hot this gets, uh, you know the I guess the graphics are going to have to be somewhat to minimal. I mean, it's at I mean if it's at least putting out over 1080, I mean that's pretty good. You don't have to have the best graphics, but I mean I can see. And if you can dock this onto your TV, and obviously you're going to be able to connect, or you should be able to connect a computer and Mount or not computer, uh, keyboard and mouse to this. Yeah, like if you can just take this around and I can go hang out with my friends and they have a spare TV and I just put this on my TV through Wi-Fi and maybe they even have a connection for you know internet like yeah. direct line. This could be crazy. Like this could be crazy good where people just 
drop everything else and just get this. Yeah. Because the biggest issue with the uh, the switches, just for me, is the graphical quality, like right. what it is capable of playing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can't jump in there and play like the most epic graphics on that system. But right. with this, like you potentially could do that, yeah. and you aren't limited to the Switch library. You're limited to what's in the 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 Steam library, which we always have been saying. Like the Switch is the first title that this is our indie console. You know, this is where right. we play the indie games that we want. Oh, but yeah. If you open up Steam and make it handheld like that, it's pretty pretty awesome. I think that's revolutionary, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the design looks great. This is the actual design. It looks great. And the functionality, yeah. I mean, it probably get well, I don't know what kind of case this was going to have. It looks pretty sturdy, but, I mean, it's just a 3D rep- representation of it. Yeah, well, there's an actual, there's there's videos out there you can watch people actually playing on it. Oh, wow. Stuff like that. They had, like, because it's a working prototype that they had at the show that you can uh, sit there and play on. But, um yeah, having a, a PC like console that can load these things. I don't know what the hardware components are like inside of it, like you know, processor speed, RAM, and all that stuff. But right, right. If it can run that 20, 1200p, 60 frames a second, at like, least that would be, I mean, at most, like I'd be fine with just that. Right. Like having a handheld that's a little over 1080p mm-hmm. with 60 frames a second Man. for a portable console, that would be pretty great. This if it looks four K even better, but that's gonna I'm be looking tough. at one of the photos. Yeah, man, it's got it's literally Windows on this handheld thing. Holy yeah. shit, dude, yeah. this is amazing. It's wild. And if you can sync between the two, oh yeah, you have your little Windows handheld like on the go. I'm yeah. telling you, this is this is this could be revolutionary. I mean, everything's in the cloud. So. I'm telling you, man. And then and then you can get the Xbox Game Pass Game Pass on here. With their new, uh, what do you call it? What are they developing? The <clears throat> the streaming system? Oh, yeah. Uh, Project X Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff you can do with it. I'm telling stuff. you. Some people who are on the edge of like console PC might just throw both of those away and get yeah. this. Of course, this is probably going to be like, I was, I'm thinking like, a to- dang, that's actually huge. Look at this. Yeah. So I'm watching this video. This thing is huge. Huge. Uh, I mean, I can screen. see this being like twelve hundred bucks, maybe. Anywhere from seven hundred to twelve hundred, I want to say, is probably what this is going to be like. So the switch is a, a six point two inch screen, and this is an eight inch screen on here. So it's about one point eight inches bigger. It's pretty good. Um, it's very bright. Yeah, I'm liking it. It's got some nice detail LEDs where the joysticks are. Dude, I wonder how heavy it is. Uh, it's two pounds. Two pounds. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the switch that's weighs, a little heavy. Yeah. The switch weighs uh ten out ten ounces. So not even a pound. Yeah. Not even a pound. So it's definitely a lot heavier. But they said it doesn't feel as bad as you think it would. But I mean, there's a lot more shit in it. I mean, so. if you're hunched over on your knees, I'm sure it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. I yeah. This is interesting, man. I mean, like like you said, you can't. The the controllers are not for multiplayer. But I feel like if you are a PC guy or console person well i guess if you're more of a pc because i feel like pc people might jump onto this yeah i mean if it, if it, than, if it had bluetooth built into you just have an xbox bluetooth controller right and it's always having your bag and be like here yeah. connect like we're exactly. gonna go exactly <clears throat> so that wouldn't be too terrible um and then it docks too so mm-hmm. that's also a big a big plus yeah but i don't know i like it i'm curious to see what they do with it later it's on it's very year. big but if this is your if this is your PC console, 
This is all you need, I feel like. Yeah. And it's gotta it's gotta be able to dock, I feel like, somehow. Some it does way. dock. Oh, yeah. okay, sorry. Yeah. So it's got a it's got they don't show it in the the reveal pictures here, but yeah, there's a dock for it that's Man. like kind of a uh it's like a flat piece that has like a back to it. Mm. So it's not like with a switch one where it's got like an enclosure on both sides. This I got gotcha. one the front part is open and you just kinda set it down, but oh, it's got okay. a back behind it that will like hold it up. Right. Um but it's USB C connector, just like it is. I'm watching I watched them play Mortal Kombat. It actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. It's pretty nice. Anyway. Pretty nice. So there you have it. Alienware, codename, UFO, Project UFO. New potential Swiss switch console that is Switch PC. Killer. <laughs> switch killer, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um all right. Next story. Respawn boss, Vince Sampella, is uh he's a busy man. Because this year he's headed up respawn for a long time. Uh, he brought out Timefall 1, Timefall 2, Apex Legends this year. They also dropped Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order this year. Um, he is now uh, going to head up EA DICE's LA-based studio um, and expanding it to have it release an original game sometime in the future. So he is still going to maintain his role as head of studio at Respawn, but also be head of studio at this other studio. How? I have no idea. But he's moving on up in the world of EA. And um, previously, the studio has just been support for DICE Sweden right. uh, or DICE Stockholm. And uh, now with his leadership, they're going to rebrand potentially to establish their own identity and uh, give it a new image and make it like this is where you want to come to make new games. And um, so he'll still be at Respawn. But uh, the Stig Asmussen uh, the Jedi Fallen Order director, he's going to keep leading Respawn's narrative-driven branch while Chad Grenier will oversee Apex Legends and Peter Hirschman will helm the previously announced VR Medal of Honor game for Oculus Rift called Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. So, And there also might be more projects, projects coming from Respawn here soon as well. So they're not going anywhere. They're still going to keep busy, but he is now moving on up to work on a new studio. What that's going to entail, I'm not quite sure yet, but they've done a lot of big things this year. And um, I'm hoping to see a Titanfall 3 announcement before long yes. and uh, see where they go. I just listened to IGN Unfiltered where they talked with Stig Asmussen on uh, games. And I did not realize, but his prior involvement in gaming was uh, he was the art director for God of War 1 and 2 and uh, parts of 3. And then went off to work on an unannounced project within the company that was developing that. But he worked directly with Corey Barlog for a period of time on those first God of Wars, mm -hmm. concepting it, building it, growing it into what it was. Wow. And then he made the leap over to uh, uh, Respawn before yeah. they got bought by EA and gotcha. was working on a new game that was an action-adventure story-driven game. Mm -hmm. And then EA came to them and said, hey, we want you guys to do a Star Wars game. So they pivoted and took that game that they were working on, kind of scrapped it, but took some ideas of it and then brought it into the Star Wars Melee game that they were doing. Nice. So very nice. his background came from God of War, which I thought was really interesting. That was very good. Yeah. Well, this is actually huge for many reasons. Yeah. Um, EA is making good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope. Like, I hope. Well, okay. at it's this got, point, yeah. Vince has not let us down yet. Right. He's given us very yeah, good I mean, games. He's done good stuff. Whether you for a long time. Like Apex or not, you know, yeah. yeah, he's made, you know, some good games too. And if they're putting him in charge of something, 
I, I want to say this is a huge win for the fans because if they're taking a guy who has been rewarded by fans for making good content that people want to play and consistently play, maybe they're like, well, shit. <laughs> Put this guy in charge. Make us some good stuff. We want money. And we'll stop being so much, so, so like, you know, our past EA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping this is the beginning of the end for old EA, or at least things will change in a way that will now favor the fans more because all the games he's made under EA right now have been great. And if he's going to char- be head up of another studio, like, I feel like that can only be good things. Yeah. Obviously, things can change. Got to keep one eye open with EA. Actually, got to keep both eyes open with EA because can't, we can't trust them. But I feel like there's hope here. I feel like this is a really good sign yeah. for us. So, <clears throat> Yeah, my only concern with that, I think what you said, completely accurate. My only concern is, like, are they giving him too much to take on? And is he going to get to the point where he's, like, overloaded with stuff? Because, right. I mean, I don't know how he can. I mean, Elon Musk manages, like, five companies. But I don't know how he'll, like be able to manage this new studio and then still be the head of respawn. Right. I mean, I guess the people underneath him, they're going to basically take ownership and he'll just be there for putting out fires and whatever he's got to do. He must trust his people enough to carry out a vision. Yeah. And he just comes in to make sure they're on track. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But I mean, he's done. I mean, like looking at his track record, it blows my mind. Like he's, I'm surprised he doesn't get more credit than he does. I know. Because he has been the spearhead behind, Medal of Honor, Allied Assault, Call of Duty 1, Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare 2, Titanfall 1, Titanfall 2, Apex Legends, and now Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Man. All of those are like massively successful franchises and games. This could be the decade of Vince Zampella. I think he's been, it's been his decade. Well, I understand. But that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he'll be like, yeah, he's starting. Maybe he'll quite get his like stardom or whatever. Yeah, like this is like, like the Corley Barlog just got his stardom finally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all these people have made great games, but I mean, we could see like you know top of the line. Oh yeah, kind of game. Oh, yeah. Like, so cream of the cream. It's pretty cream exciting. Of the cream. All right. Last story before we take a break and come to you with our game of the year for 2019. Pokemon Sword and Shield is getting a 29.99 expansion pass. This year, featuring two adventures, Lame. plus more than 200 of the past game's Pokemon missing from the new Galarian Pokedex. So you're going to get Isle of Armor expansion at the end of June, while the other one, the Crown Tundra, will come in the fall. All of them are available for pre-purchase, and if you pre-purchase it today, you will get Pikachu and Eevee uniforms for use in-game now. <laughs> So interesting. Isle of Armor is a giant island full of environments not seen in Galar before and includes a dojo where players can learn a Gigantamax, the final evolutions of their starter Pokemon. You'll learn new moves. You'll have new Pokemon available, uh, new fighting types, new whatever, et cetera, et cetera, new story missions, all that stuff. The Crown Tundra is a freezing mountainous area where players can explore the full depth of Pokemon dens familiar from raid battles. These dens can include encounters with just every legendary Pokemon from previous games in the series. I am pulling this from uh, IGN because I'm reading word for word, so I want to make sure I credit the source. There you go. IGN, thank you very much. But there we go. Pokemon, Sword and Shield. Two new expansions, two new areas to explore. Um, More Pokemon coming in here. Austin, how hyped are you right now about this? Yep. Listen to our podcast with talking about Pokemon. You'll see how hyped... I was then, and how hyped I am now. It so, is so no hype. Super excited. 
I'm so excited that I'm not excited. You're so excited that you're not excited. I'm not excited. Okay. Well, that's it's good. Just, glad, yeah. Glad you're excited I mean, about good that. for them. I, I mentioned that dar- diehard fans who want more Pokemon are going to get this. They're yeah. going, they want more Pokemon. And if you give them what they want, they'll pay for it. And I said that back in 248. So, you know, I guess good on them for delivering. But at, at the same time, there are controversies that you can listen to at, on 248. And um, I don't know. It's just not, it's, again, it's not the game. To reiterate, this is not the game that I think they should have made. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think you agree with that. And somehow I'm still 18 hours in the game. Oh, my gosh. I'm psycho. What the yeah. heck, man? Get out I mean, of here. It's still addicting. It's addicting to catch Pokemon and fight. You know, it's not it's not great, but it's like, it's a fun time waster while I'm sitting yeah. on the toilet. I get you. That's I get what you. it is. Fun little time waster. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is a... Uh, I, I like it. I'm interested to see what it, I want to see more videos and stuff like that. See what it actually actually is going to entail. Right. But um, it it's a it's a weird thing for Pokemon because, yeah, they're just they're kind of struggling. And you know, this is just the start of it because we're still they it's haven't too. announced Pokemon Mega Shield and Mega Sword <laughs> yet, which will be another shiny shield, five thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh no! So, I turned to Sean Connery. And then like, those. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Uh, those will likely have expansion passes too. I mean, why not? You know, just like oh, blow yeah. it out of the water. Oh yeah. Oh, see you thought we, we were going to include all the Pokemon? Well, for a hundred twenty dollars, you get all of them. How many uh, Pokemon are out now? Like eight hundred. A dollar Pokemon, you get them. So, so for a thousand dollars, you get all the Pokemon. You get all the Pokemon because <laughs> you have to buy the base game first. <laughs> Gotta buy them all. I mean, uh, catch them all. <laughs> yeah, buy the game first. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So anyway, Pokemon Sword and Shield, new expansion pass coming out this year. There you have it. And with that, it's going to wrap it up for the games we played and our news topics of this first episode of 2020. Mm-hmm. If you want to play games with us each and every week, join us in our Discord channel. Check out the link in the show notes. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our game of the year for 2019 discussion. Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con-like dream hack with no easy way to transport your gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes of parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that. They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor. We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack. Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support The Inner Gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. week we break down a hot topic in the gaming industry but this week we're not going to talk about a hot topic in the gaming industry right now we're going to talk about an entire year in the gaming industry as in last year as in game of the year the inner gamer game of the year the inner gamer of the year 2019 Is that what you're trying to say? 2019. Yes, 2019. The inner gamer goatee for 2019. We are here. We're here for the discussion. Um, normally, we like watch time on this stuff, but uh, we're not going to watch time this time because there's a lot of shit to talk about. There's so much. Game of the about. year. Talk about. 
So you know, you know how long this year's been? It's been so long that I forgot that some of these games actually came out this year because the first half of the year felt like a year in itself. Yeah. Compared to the well, now half. it's last year. I know. So it's like even more crazy. Oh, it's ridiculous. I know. All right, let's get into this. But yeah, a lot of stuff came out last year. It was intense. Um, we thought we were like, I don't know what we're going to pick. But then when we started looking at the breadth of everything, we we're like, there's actually a lot more that came out last year than, I, than we expected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a pretty big year for video games. Um, so we did a couple things different this year. So normally what we do is we have uh, the Goatee Awards. We put together a list of categories. We kind of follow akin to the, the Game Awards. Uh, where we have different categories for things. We have those categories this year. Um, me and Austin both have our picks. They are different, which is good. And then we also have uh, the community vote. So I posted out to our community and said, hey, we'll love for you guys to also contribute to the vote. So we broke down uh, nominees for these categories ourselves. So me and Austin had this massive list, and we shrunk it all down to where we had like five or six Gosh, was titles massive. roughly uh, per category and then send it out a link for people to fill out. So I want to thank the, uh, people that submitted their answers and responses. It gave us a good, um, alternative. It's actually a different list than what we have yeah. for ourselves, oh, yeah. which is awesome. Um, the categories we have, we're going to go through our, uh, best shooter, best multiplayer, best ongoing game, best role-playing game, best indie game, best action adventure, best VR, AR, best story, Best performance in a video game, meaning a person acting in a game. Best music or sound design, the best art direction, the best mobile game, the biggest surprise, which can be a video game or an event that happened in gaming, the biggest disappointment, which is the same thing, video game or event, and most underappreciated game, and then, of course, last but not least, our game of the year. So... Let's dive right in. Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive right in. First category, best shooter. Uh, we had some nominees here, including Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Metro Exodus, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and Rage 2 for best shooter. So, Austin, <clears throat> let me let me hear yeah. what you think for yeah. best shooter yeah. of 2019. So, mine was Division 2 because jumping what? into that. You can't kidding. say what? <laughs> This is mine, Brett. This is not yours, okay? okay? Back Whatever. off, bro. I didn't put that in a category list here. Like I was just like, that's just out of the question. Oh, but okay, oh. fair enough. No, it no, it was on good. the list. What are you talking about? It was, and then I dwindled it down and cut <laughs> cut it out because it's like nobody's gonna vote for the division two. But yeah. apparently somebody did. Yes, so there we go. I went for division two because I actually think that's a pretty good mechanics. It was very polished. You know, it was fun to jump in that game and shoot people and be in that world, especially with your friends. So that's why I got it. That's that's why you chose the best shooter. That's yeah. that's it. So that's, that's it. Not, just because that's okay. Just give me time. <laughs> I was like, what right. are you gonna say about your pick, Brett? <laughs> yeah, so my pick for best shooter is <laughs> Borderlands three. Yes, I gave Borderlands three a vote. And the reason why I call it best shooter is for a series of reasons. There are millions of guns in this game. And these games shoot really well. Some of them shoot very poorly, but others shoot really well. And there's an infinite amount of possibilities mm -hmm. for these games. And it's just tight. It's a very tight shooter, really well, well designed. The world's really interesting. But best of all, as far as shooter category goes, I think this is a standout shooter. It was a lot of fun to play, even though there are some issues with some story. There's some issues with the game itself, all that stuff. I had a blast playing this with uh, myself and friends. 
Um, I mean, it is a roller coaster of a shooter. Mm-hmm. Not as different as I was hoping it would be, but there it is. Borderlands 3, best shooter of the year, hands down. Don't care what anybody says. That's what it is. Well, I ain't going to fight you about it. Yeah. Even though, like, <laughs> Apex Legends was a close second for me. Yes. Yeah. There was uh, definitely. That was a good shooter, too. But Borderlands 3, you know. just all the diversity and guns and shooting mechanics. Like, I mean, I could freaking shoot guns that after I shot a couple of rounds, I throw it and then it blow up in people's faces. It's great. One of them was a water gun that killed people. It's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. All right, and the community voted. This was very interesting because they had uh, uh, this is actually a pretty clear winner for the best shooter from the community. It was also Borderlands Three. Very nice. Runner very up nice. was Apex Legends. Okay, so it was very right. close, but community voted sure, and they said uh, Borderlands Three as well. Someone would have put Division on there if uh, it wasn't deleted from the list going out to the community. Yeah. I don't know why it was deleted. I thought I thought this is what we had, like talked about together. It must That's have been. I, I don't know. Oh well, it is what it is. Maybe we did talk about it. I just didn't change my answer. Possibly. I don't know. Something happened there. But I put Division 2. Oh, well. Coming up next. All right. Next category, best multiplayer. We have on our list of items, Apex Legends, World War Z, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and here you go, Austin, The Division 2. Ah. Ah. Wrong category. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. You don't like his multiplayer? Come on, man. Don't what? be hating. You don't like the multiplayer in Division 2? I mean, it's got multiplayer. No, I put Division 2 in the wrong category, apparently. No, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, it's already 2020, and just everything's awry. Everything's messed up. It's all blowing up. All right. So my pick for best multiplayer was actually Apex Legends. Oh, yes. okay. See, I'm trying to diversify my list here. It's good. It's yeah. good. Diversification yeah. is important. Even though Division 2, I thought it had some good mechanics and you know it was fun for a while, I think every, everyone just fell off of that game for some reason. But Apex, as a multiplayer, is something I consistently picked up, played almost religiously for a few months, and uh, you know I could jump you in with my friends. shits and hours in that game. Dude, so many hours. I wish I could look it up now, but I can't. But it was a lot. It was probably like over 200 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I had like 40 I know, it was yeah, two hundred. It was crazy. It was, it was crazy. That's madness. So, what about it specifically? Like, like grabbed you as far as it being best multiplayer? It's just um, it's the second by second gameplay. Like, there is strategy, and it's very much random. Like, yeah, you drop in, and you try to go the same places, but you know, you never go the same place twice unless that's just what you do. And, you know, everything, it, uh, everything changes on the fly. You never know what you're going to get. The survivability and working with the team is really fun. And then having friends there to help you, it just makes it even better. Yeah. You know, just, I would just, I get bored of it, but you know, I can, I like, I would want to jump in every day and do the dailies and get the stuff. And with the loot pass, you know, there's something to work towards and that's some pretty cool things on season two loot pass. So yeah, no, it is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Well, Um, well, that's also my game. For best multiplayer Very for nice. similar reasons. I mean, I think they they did a lot of really impressive things as far as multiplayer uh, components go. I mean, because if you look at the categories here, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like it's a great multiplayer game, but it's not like they reinvented the wheel anything significant right. in that regard. Um, Borderlands 3, fun, co-op, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the, the thing that I think really did it for me with Apex Legends is that they figured out best ways to communicate with or without a mic. 
and like adding the pinging systems, um, adding mobility being such an important part of this game. The, the slide mechanic was a simple thing, but it's a cool thing. Um, having different players that allowed for different mobility options that are shareable amongst your team. So like the, the robot character, what's his name? Um, Pathfinder. Pathfinder, yes. Being able to like throw out the zip line and stuff like that and jump on those mm-hmm. and just having zip lines in the game. Like all these different mechanics like really lended itself to very fun, diverse multiplayer. And it's a battle royale. And it's yeah. like, you know, it, it brought new life into Battle Royale again, which I really, really appreciated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, the community also felt the same. They voted Apex Legends as well. And that Surprise. was Surprise. a uh, unanimous 50, over 55% of our votes <laughs> were for Apex Legends. That's awesome. Uh, runner up was Borderlands 3. So there you go. Um, very, very glad to see Apex Legends jump in there. It's a good game. It would have almost been my biggest surprise. We'll talk about what that actually was later okay. on. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, next category, best ongoing game. We have in this list Destiny 2, Battlefield 5, The Division 2, Apex Legends, Fortnite, and Anthem. Austin. Well, everyone knows I picked Fortnite. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Are I didn't pick Fortnite. Me? No, I, 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 I picked... Uh, you're out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, would, I would quit the podcast if I picked Fortnite. No, no I, offense uh, to Fortnite fans, but, you know, it's kind of garbage. Yeah. So I picked Battlefield 5 because... It was actually a surprise getting back into it, how much fun it was, even though I, if you listen to our old podcast, I have issues with it, obviously. Right. But they fixed a lot of things, and the new maps are really fun. And I'm surprised how often that I jump into it alone and then that we actually play it and on stream. Like this last stream, we actually played Battlefield Five, and it was like, okay, we're having a good time. Like there's a lot of good stuff here. And it's continued to develop itself in a way that makes it interesting and fun. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. Um, my best ongoing game is also Battlefield Five. I think they've done a good job with, you know, the game first came out. It was was left with mixed reviews. They felt like there wasn't enough content. Mm-hmm. Um, people were concerned about the fact it just didn't feel like the World War II game that they wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on, they were saying that you know every new map will be free and included, and they kept to that promise and they brought out they had like paid cosmetics but like all of the new maps and all the new weapons and all that stuff are all free of charge mm-hmm. that were added in the game and I think the Pacific Theater is what really put it over the edge for me as far as like this yeah. is an ongoing game that I love because they brought something that we've all wanted exactly, and they, they kept bringing new things to it and now there's like 20 maybe 25 maps in the game that you don't have to pay a $50 premium pass for it's just there oh yeah um, it's nice. and it's the, there's a lot, a lot to do. There's new game modes that they kept revealing, like releasing, like sometimes they'd have a mode that you play for a little bit and have a blast with, and then that would go away and then a new one would come in yep. and, uh, yep, yep, they, yep. they've kept it up to date. They've kept the promise with it. And I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't care for it, but I think it's a pretty solid, I've gotten a lot out of that for the money that was spent on it, which oh, for yeah. me is the origin premiere pass. So hundred bucks a year, but I get that plus other things with it. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, then the community vote goes to for best ongoing game is not battlefield five. It's actually apex legends. That is what the community voted. That Very is a nice. uh, 37% of them voted oh. for apex legends. Very nice. And, um, it's, I almost put that, but I just feel like, yeah, Season one was kind of a meh delivery. 
Um, season two was great, but then like their seasonal event this this uh, Christmas was was fine. Yeah, the Halloween fun. one was cool, but you can only play as solo player, so it disjointed a lot of things for me as far as right. like I want my friends with me at every moment of this ongoing game experience. Mm. And with Apex, it wasn't always the case. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, but uh, runner-up was uh, Fortnite. So okay. of course, you know. There we go. And you know. Keep in mind, these Game of the Awards are our Game of the Year nominations. These aren't like what should be Game of the Year. These are ours. So like Fortnite, I give a lot of credit to for all the stuff that they did this year. But I still think fundamentally that game gets more credit than it deserves because it's the same map it's been forever until season two. And they shut down the server and brought out a new one, which I haven't played yet. But like, I, I feel like... They do things that are really cool and exciting, but aren't fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, look at this real cool hype thing. Yeah. Let's have Marshmallow play, you know, a concert. Let's reveal a, a snippet of the new Star Wars movie in the game and stuff like that. Just yeah. like these little hype moments. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just I don't like it, but that's, yeah, it's what it is. It is, <laughs> it what, is, it is. what it is. All right, this one is a little bit of a tough one. Well, actually, it's not tough. What am I saying? This this is this is pretty easy. But as far as the community goes, it was tough. Yes. Best role playing game. We have a couple categories or a couple games here in the list. Best role playing game. The nominees were The Outer Worlds, Kingdom Hearts Three, which I almost forgot came out this year, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Greedfall, and The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. That's, RPG. Yes. So mine was, unsurprisingly, The Outer Worlds. Oh, I, really? I know. I know. If you go listen back to our podcast, that is... Podcasts, plural. Podcasts. We, that's right. I that's think right. we did like three of them with it. We did. I never even played it during those times. I was really oh, upset goodness. with myself. I bet you were like super pumped for it. I know. Yeah. And I played it now, but like, it's like, I don't want to talk about a podcast again. Well, I'm about to talk about it, but yeah. 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 Anyway. yeah I enjoyed it because... Um, it kind of played or, you know, these are the guys who originally made fallout and fallout new Vegas. And they, it obviously has those, that kind of fill from those games, especially new Vegas. Yeah. And it was able to, yes, there were some issues with it and you know, it's, it's not the best it could be. It's rough around the edges, but for what they were able to develop in the interactions and RPG elements that you can interact with, and manipulate or not manipulate, but used throughout the game. It actually is quite a grand undertaking for them. Yeah, and obviously, this was—I don't want to say it was a proof of concept, but it will definitely help them create their their next one to be even bigger and better. And now that they're part of Xbox, I can only imagine what can, they can bring out. So, right, I had a great experience with it, uh, especially with all the dialogue options. Holy crap! There's just so much dialogue. You can spend 20 minutes talking to a person just like getting information about the world, who they are, what they do, stuff like that. And I was like, they took the time and everything is voice acted. Amazing. Just amazing. And it's 243 for the original uh, podcast that we talked about. Meteringamer.net slash 243. Yeah, I wish they... uh, So my best RPG pick is also The Outer Worlds. Um, I haven't played a lot of it yet, but I did play enough of it to be able to say confidently yes. Because Kingdom Hearts 3 for me was just kind of a bust. Um, I never played Fire Emblem Three Houses. Greedfall, I heard, was good, but like generic. And Legend of Zelda had a lot of issues on Switch. Um, the Outer Worlds, though, like I think the world 
is gorgeous. Like mm. they did really cool things with the environments. Like just that first opening sequence that you go into the world you're like exploring. It's like tons of color and vibrant exotic fauna and flora and stuff like that. And the um, the names of people and things in there are really interesting. And like you said, the dialogue options, it's as far as RPGs go, you want it to be a role-playing game where you are playing a role in a world and you can very much play a role because like there's areas where you can go into a place and you can completely lie. You're out your butthole to somebody or you can be completely honest or you can deceive them. You can do all these different kinds of options based on your traits that you've like mapped out at yep. the beginning and that you level up over time. And I find that to be really cool because I'd be excited. It's almost a game that I'd like to, I mean, if it wasn't so long after a playthrough, go back again and then see if I play a completely different character. Cause mm. I haven't, I haven't quite figured out who I am yet. I like gotcha. some things I've done like myself been super honest and stuff, but like that first like place you go to where you go on that spaceship and they're like, Oh, who are you? And then I just lie and say that I'm Alex Hawthorne. So I oh, can yeah. get the AI to like yeah. be friends with me. And then I go to the first town. I'm like, should I call myself Alex Hawthorne or should I call myself this other person? I don't know what I'm going to do. But yeah, it's just interesting, like the right. different decisions that you have to make and the options available to you based on how you upgrade your systems. Exactly. And the, uh, though the perks seem pretty good. Like there's a lot of variety and perks that you can add. And I like that none of it is, you don't have trees necessarily, at least as far as I can tell that you're going down. You just right. kind of, everything's very open and yeah. wide. So you can create any, it's not like a siloed character that goes down a path. Right. It's you're not the stealthy whatever you, know, you want backstabber or like the gunslinger, but you can develop your characters to fit that kind of trait if you want to. Yeah, or you have a combination of stealth and you know gunslinger type thing. Yeah, so that's really nice. And for example, of like the choices you can make, I had to go steal something from somebody. They had a locker that was viewable to the public to a certain degree, so I got over there, I opened it up because I'm trying to convince this guy to go back to work. Long story, play the game, you'll figure it out. And two people below saw it and they're like, oh, help, help, this guy's still and you gotta get the guards. So I jumped down there to talk to them because I, I know if, like, if I kill them in public, everyone in this town's gonna hate me and I'm gonna be killed. So lo and be I was like, I wonder if I can bribe them. Lo and behold, I could bribe these people for like so many credits and they went on their way and I was like, holy shit, any other game... I would just be killed and have to murder the whole town, and yeah. then I probably would have lost the have mission. To murder the whole town. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh well, I guess I'm just gonna kill all these people in here. So, Sorry. Yeah. So great RBG elements there. Yeah. So what did the community get, Brett? Uh, yeah. So the community was actually a tie in this one, and it was a tie between the Outer Worlds and Fire Emblem Three Houses. Nice. Um, Good choices. I wish I had put some time into Fire Emblem Three Houses, but. I never, I never did, and I was kind of afraid to because it's such a long game. Right. But right. Um, you played it and enjoyed it pretty well. I did. But, I mean, I like did. the Outer Worlds, I think, is more both of our realms as far as yeah. like games go. Oh yeah. Um, Fire Emblem, not so much. But uh, runner-ups actually were interesting. That was also another runner-up tie between The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening and uh, Kingdom Hearts Three. Oh, very nice. So, yeah, it was very close in that one. But um, I, I agree. I think the Outer Worlds definitely did well. Didn't get as much praise in um, the Game Awards as I thought it would, but to each their own, I guess. Yes, you know? yes. To each their own. So next one, what do we got? All right, best indie game. We have here nominees, Katana Zero, which I completely forgot came out this year until we started doing this. That's, that's so much came out. 
so early long on ago. that it just I don't know, just yeah. lost in the wave of games. So Katana Zero, Untitled Goose Game, Concrete Genie, Ape Out, and Wargroove are our nominees. All right, Austin, take us home. Mm. Mm. Well, if you guys want to listen to the podcast, I don't think it's too hard to believe that I picked Katana Zero. Because that game is amazing. For one guy, he did four years, right? Because we're figuring that's a secret uh, number. Yep, yep. Secret number was four years. There Worked about. on this for four years. I believe he started in college, and then it had transformed into him just getting sucked into this game. And it's about a, a samurai, or well, a samurai-like assassin, and he has mental problems, and he's trying to figure out stuff. And it's a sixteen-bit, right? Or is it thirty-two bit? Yeah. yeah. 16 bit probably yeah it's got that very one of those numbers yeah one of, one of those bit numbers and action's great gameplay is i don't want to say it's simple but it's enough to have minor complications you got to get your you know your feet under you and once you do like it is smooth sailing to do really cool stuff and the music on top of that is just quite amazing and it goes perfectly with the atmosphere and again like making these old time style games in today's world like 2019 you're able to create moods and atmospheres that really heighten what the game is supposed to be like and that feel that you're trying to uh, um, get the audience to fill and Katana Zero just nails it with all that yeah um, this was a tough one for me because all of these games that are in this category I had a great time with Untitled Goose Game I thought was a lot of fun, but it was a little too um, too puzzle-heavy for me to enjoy. Concrete Genie was gorgeous and fantastic, but um, didn't stand out as much as some of these others. Wargroove I played a shit ton of and had a blast with that for the time I played. Ape Out was a great stress reliever where I could just go in and just start attacking people in this yeah. beautiful like art style. Oh, yeah. But Katana Zero is one of the few games this year I've beat and finish like real fast and yeah. just every yeah. chance I got I was like I'm gonna jump down here I'm gonna play this game play some more play some more and I beat it all the way through the the first ending to the very end ending the two endings that they had there and just had a freaking blast with it and it's, it's like you said the art style was great the music was great the the combat was definitely simple but it was it, there was a lot of depth to it because I mean, right. you had to time things right you had to work there's a lot of depth that came into it, despite how few buttons there were yeah. to, to use. It's kind right. of like uh, uh, Celeste last year. You know, it's a similar kind of vein where that was like three buttons, but incredibly challenging, and it right. built up even harder and harder. Right. And I like that one moment where you're having a fight, slight spoiler alert, but there's a part where you're fighting a bunch of waves of enemies that you played throughout the course of the game that just come out of rooms and start attacking you. Like... That was so hard. And had I done that at the beginning of the game, could not have beat it. But having learned all the tactics that I learned over time, right? such a cool experience mm-hmm. and really, really well designed. I mean, I, I have very, very few flaws like or negatives about Katana Zero. Right. I think it was near flawless. There's actually a deep story in there because when we were talking yeah. to the creator, which you can go over to youtube.com slash gamer and look at our Pack South 2018 video, I believe. Yeah. Um, he was talking about if you're, because once you die, there's just a replay. And the whole thought process behind that was 
your guy has takes his medication that allows him to think ahead of time and plan out the best route. So when you win, you didn't die. You just found the best route in your mind. So if you die, you just go back to the beginning of the match and then you have to do it or being level, do it all over again. But there's a replay video making like there's, you know, uh, a security camera watching you. But he said, if you pay attention, some of the stuff you did in the actual level is different on the camera because of this drug. That's interesting. And I was like, holy crap. Like, was, that is pretty deep. It was uh, released on um, uh, PAX South 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah. My apologies. My Last apologies. year. <clears throat> right before the game came out, actually. Boom, look at that. I know, it's wild. Uh, but the community thought differently than us with Katana Zero. Uh, the community for Best Indie Game actually voted for uh, Untitled Goose Game. Oh, very Got nice. the winner. Um, it looks like a fun game, like it's, very interesting and funny. It's cool. I didn't realize how much of a puzzle game it was. I thought it was more like open ended, just kind of like do stupid shit. But it's 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 difficult. There's a lot of things you have to like kind of plan out. Okay, I have to do this thing. How am I going to do it? And it's 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 very complex. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's just it's it's a good time. But Katana Zero was runner up, so it's very close. But. Yeah, shout out to the community for the vote on that and for changing up from what we had, which is awesome. All right, best action adventure. This was a hard one because there were so many action adventure games that came out this year. So dwindling this list down was difficult. So we were going to try to get to five, and we did not because there's a lot of them that (laughs) are in this list. It's just too many. But uh, we have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Control, Sekiro Shadows, or Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Resident Evil 2, A Plague's Tale Innocence, Luigi's Mansion 3, and Death Stranding. All of those. That's what's fascinating about this year is how many single-player action-adventure games came out. Crazy. Good job, 2019. Good Crazy. Job. Awesome. Yes. Action-adventure of 2019. So Tell mine me. was A Plague's Tale. What? Now, I've heard about this game coming out for many years, and finally it came out, and I was like, let me dive into this because it's an indie game made by Focus Entertainment, and I was like, okay, let's see what this is about because it has some really interesting atmosphere. It takes place during, well, I guess technically the plague, but it's really not the plague. It's like rats. Uh, I guess it's like a different take on the Black Plague in a way. Um, Maybe not even in the same time period. Not 100% sure. But regardless, there is this rat invasion and you play as Amicia, and you're trying to save your brother, who actually has some kind of infection, and you're trying to escape your house that was raided by some evil Templar guys. I'm just going to use that as a generic term right now. And you're trying to save your brother. Your family's dead. You're, you know, you're nobles, so you people kind of, you know, I, when they see you, they're like, oh, you're a noble. You're not just a commoner, so you're special, and people kind of know about your family, and so just all about trying to get away and save your family and because you're, you're the last two left. And there's a very, very interesting story there. Although the mechanics may be simple, I feel like there's enough going on with the story that it all just plays out right. And for me, I found it very interesting and very fun regardless. And there's a lot of cool things that happen along the way and there's a lot of cool environments and stuff like that. And... um. I'll get into more of that later because there's other uh, sections that I talk about this. So we'll go we'll wait for that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. No, I, I wish I would given this game a try because it's, I mean, on Steam, it's got very positive with like 2,200 reviews. So it's people, people quite enjoyed it. <laughs> but uh, my choice, this was really hard. 
Because I had like three that I wanted I wanted to do control, but I didn't for Surprising. reasons that I will tell you later. Okay. But uh I just wanted to like split up I wanted to give credit where credit was due to all the games that I enjoyed. Okay. Um I wanted to do Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and as much as I really enjoyed that game, it uh didn't grip me as much as Death Stranding did when I first played. What? You picked Death Stranding? I know. I know. Wow. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. But Death Stranding is just such a unique. I mean, it's it's a it's an action adventure. It literally is. It fits that 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 title very very well. And it's got these really interesting story beats. I don't think I wouldn't give it a best story because the story is kind of weird and trippy and kind of far fetched in some places. But yeah, it's just yeah. it's all over the place. But the world that they built is is gorgeous and full of like how much it's just like an environment. They did a really really good job at making yeah. it interesting and dynamic and different. And the changing weather and how the weather affects the gameplay and how. You got these BTs and then taking care of your BB, your baby, and like the the big long epic cutscenes and like managing the weight and then having vehicular like mobility in there, having combat sequences. There's just there's a lot of different stuff in this game. Um and for it being so different, the fact that they were able to pull it off and make it not garbage was was a big feat for me. And uh I mean, as far as like all these other games that are here. It's the standout game for me. Like all these games are great, but like Death Stranding is is on its it's on it's on like its own plateau kind of. Yes. Um, <laughs> as far yes. as games go, because um, we've seen all these other games like this before, but Death Stranding we have not, and uh, I was really really excited about that. Um, I mean, I feel like you could probably play the whole game without ever getting in combat scenarios potentially, yeah, right? Which right. is not easy for games to do. So. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But uh, yeah, the community also thought different on this one. Okay. Uh, all right. Also, a two way tie between Sekiro Shadows Die Twice and <coughs> Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. All right. So, Star all Wars right. did get a vote here for that one. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I think, um, I mean, Sekiro won Game of the Year. With for the game awards, which is crazy. Nice. And uh, I've been watching a video let's plays of it because I just know that if I play Sekiro, I will suck and not be able to play very well. <laughs> not so get past first level. I'm about like three fourths the way, no, like halfway through watching nice. gameplay of it. Nice. And it's just a lot of like combat mm-hmm. and boss battles, and it's a good looking game, but I just don't think it had as much as Death Stranding did. But right. But a lot of people there. loved it. Yeah. Yeah. People would. Oh yeah. Yeah. I won't say any more than that. Yep. Um, all right. Next category: best virtual reality slash augmented reality. You want to just nick this in the bud and say it was across the board? Sure. Let's let's nick it across the board. Um, Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Everybody Beat, picked this. Yes. Community vote picked this. We picked this. It was actually close for the community. The community was torn most of the time between Beat Saber and Vader Immortal. But for me, Vader Immortal doesn't get it. It was a very cool experience. Um, there's some really neat moments to it, but I feel like graphically it kind of wasn't as good. I think gameplay, it was, Mm. I mean, it was awesome to be in the world of star Wars or whatever, but there was just things that just didn't feel as exciting, but like beat saber, like you get in there and you're in another world literally. And it is so invigorating and tiring and exhausting and intense and crazy. 
and I keep I keep jumping into it and playing more and more of it and having a blast. Like there was one I was playing the other day where I was moving so fast and I was like, how is my brain comprehending this stuff so quickly? And I it was just mind boggling. I remember you were playing it and you're like, I was playing this for like two hours and I'm sweating and like this is a workout. And I was like, well, I mean, I get Speed Saber. I can see that. But you were like talking about how fun it was. And it wasn't until recently where I jumped in there. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. This is like freaking fun, man. Yeah. It's like rock band on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. With like epic beat, bass drop music and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Like there's, and there's difficulty to it. So it's like, just think about rock band, but instead of rock band, you have lightsabers. Yeah. Basically what you get, which, what you yeah. got. So, and I started playing the 360 degree one and that was really cool because Ooh. like literally you're moving in full circles, but the way that they designed it was really nice because you're, you have a lane that's coming after you and you're like bashing at that lane and the other lane shows up next to you. So you're hitting this lane and you're hitting this lane and then a third lane shows up. So you hit all three lanes and then you start moving over. So you're like slowly turning your body to the point to where you realize, oh crap, I'm turning the opposite direction of right, where I was. Right. But it's not like you're jumping back and forth like right. real fast. That's but what they I was Gradually do, carry yeah. you around, okay. and uh, but sure it's still intense because you're like, oh shit! There's like two blocks this way, two blocks this way, and two blocks this way. Oh you're gosh! Like, oh crap! Bam! 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 And just like going crazy with it. And it's it's crazy. It's wild. Yeah, I hear pistol whips really good too. It's like the same kind of game. Apparently, it's a rhythm game, but with guns. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to play that and see what it's all about. But best story. This is a big one also. We have Control, Disco Elysium, A Plague's Tale Innocence, The Outer Worlds, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and Death Stranding for best story. And Austin, tell me about your struggles with picking a best story. Oh, or it was man. a struggle. I don't know. Well, so before I go to what I picked, you know, Jedi Fallen Order was up there for at least top three. I don't know. It was top two. I'll say it's top two. Death Stranding, I like it a lot, but I just don't think it's going to. It's just it's just too unique in its own right. But Jedi Fallen Order, obviously, it's a little easier story to get behind. It's Star Wars. It's made for a, a younger audience, I would say, and really? uh, it it's slow getting going, like even halfway through the game. But towards the end, like there's a lot of those pieces that were set up. Now I get to fall in place. And a lot of interesting things happen, which I felt like it just take too long to get there. So like for me, it was like, eh, like I like it, but it's could have done a better job, obviously. And we say that in our review. Uh, but a plague's tale, just from the get go, grips you. It's got you by the balls, and it carries you all the way through. And even though, like I was saying, that the the gameplay is repetitive and is a little simplistic, having the story is driving the gameplay. And for me, it wasn't boring because it puts fire under your feet and your character has to continue forward or, you know, literally be eaten live or be killed or whatever. Like you just can't stop. It's a, it's a trek that doesn't, you don't get to rest, you know? So for me, I mean, everything just fits in place for the characters to the story and the motivations of these characters going through. Yeah. Boom. How's that? Plague's Tale. Nice. Yep. I like it. I got to play this game. I'm telling you, man. It's good. Just to experience it. It's it. like Sinuous Sacrifice. Like, no one saw it coming, but you got to play it. Yeah. That is cool. It is very much like that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Stars, uh, the girls, uh, or the, the star lead is a girl. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Um, like that. Well, the game I chose also has a star lead as a girl, nice. which is awesome, or a woman, I would say. And uh, I picked Control because I can't talk enough about how much I enjoy this game this year. Um, I wish I had beat it. I'm going to beat it. I just haven't beat it yet. But like, this is I like weird shit. I like thrillers. And this is all that and then more. Mm-hmm. And the way that they, like, did you ever watch Lost TV show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do so you know how they set up, set that up and they had this, like, you know, they had the, um, I forgot the name of the group or what the organization or whatever, but they had that organization that was there or the Dharma Initiative. You're trying to, like, learn about what all that is. And they, yeah. like, have, like, little pieces of stuff that's, like, shown, strewn through mm-hmm. that you start to learn over time and, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's really interesting. Like, mm-hmm. what is this black smoke monster and all that stuff? This has all those pieces. But what I think is cool about Control is they don't miss a beat, whereas Lost lost me at points. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Like, I totally, I totally lost it. it. But Control has these really interesting, like they don't just like throw you in until like they, that's, there's a lot of stuff you have to figure out on your own. And they're really good at putting that information out there for you to find and get and understand. But it's not, you have to be looking for it. And so, like, they introduce it with, like, you know, you're here. You show up at this Federal Bureau of Control. You're not really sure why you're here. You got some internal dialogue going on in your head. And then you just start doing something based on what your head is telling you to do. And then you start to learn more and more about the story and then the guy who like within the first five minutes that is the the leader of the control of the bureau he's dead so you're like well shit and then suddenly you find out you're now in control of the bureau it's like how'd that happen but then as you go through like they explain that stuff through finding like readings and then watching these videos of like dr casper darling which are like video footage things are left from back before this place went to shit and you start to slowly build up and learn like what they've been doing here and how like kind of fucked up it is. Mm-hmm. And the environment like lends itself to that. Like they don't say it's a Metroidvania style game, but it's very much Metroidvania because you're exploring through this world and you're going through these different levels and you end up realizing, oh crap, I just discovered this security level card because you have different like security levels to get in different areas. You're like, there was a thing way back at the beginning of the game that was like level four security clearance. Now I can go back there and figure out where I was and then go. And you do that and you find something else about the story that you didn't know before that now adds more to this like crazy convoluted mess of stuff. Right. And then as the game develops, you get new powers and um, the way that you learn about the powers is really unique and interesting. Um, and it's just there's the the character dialogue. Like some of it's not great, but a lot of it is actually pretty solid and unique and cool and it's all voice acted. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's a really, really good story. It's a weird story. And for that, I really, and there's, there's nothing in it that's like, I mean, this feels like it could be a movie in a way, but it can't be a movie because so much of it relies on you, your player actions in the game, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Right. So right. Yeah. solid, solid stuff. Very nice. But the community has spoken and they voted for <laughs> Star Wars Jedi <laughs> Fallen Order. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like some of this has to do with, I wonder if this game didn't have the Star Wars name attached to it, if it would be different. Well, I mean, it wouldn't exist at that point. 
Well, I mean, like the, if the game was like not Star Wars, but was still like this kind of so game. not lightsabers and stuff. Not lightsabers and stuff. It's yeah. still melee combat in this like sci-fi world. Yeah. Would it still be like how I, much I does Star think. Wars contribute to yeah. the game getting as much high I, praise as it got? I think it's a lot. I think so too. <laughs> but I still, I mean, I. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting, but I. I guess I'm not as into Star Wars as I was, and yeah. there, I also have some issues with the way in which the story plays out. But yes, there's a lot of issues, and you can hear all about that because I talk a lot about why <laughs> I didn't like this game story-wise. Yeah. So, and I think it's a great game overall, but it's it's it is rough around the edges, and I I didn't put it on any of my lists for anything because yeah, same here. It's awesome, but there's a lot of other things that were like just a little bit more awesome mm-hmm. that came out this yep. year. Yeah. So. But uh, I'm glad that a lot of people liked it. I'm glad it got a vote because I think it deserves a vote in some capacity. And I agree. So this is going to be interesting here. This is a tough one. Best performance. So this is an actor or actress in a video game. How was their performance and delivery? So we have several of them here. But let me read them all off for you because they are a little bit more complex. But best performance, we have several. Mads Mikkelsen as Cliff Unger in Death Stranding. Charlotte McBurney as Amicia in A Plague's Tale Innocence. Cameron Monaghan as Cal Kestis in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Barry Solane as Captain Price in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Alyssa Melendez as Tyreen Calypso in Borderlands 3. Courtney Hope as Jesse Faden in Control. And I also had to put another nominee in here, Matthew Peretta as Dr. Casper Darling, also in Control. Nice. So... That's a big. It's that's a heavy hitter list right there. Because it is. I get, I'm telling you, all of those people are great. All of them, and they, I think they all deserve recognition. So, uh, shout out to all them. They did such a good job on all these games. But Brett, mine was probably to no one's surprise. Amicia, uh, played by Charlotte McBurney from uh, A Plague's Tale. Nice. She did such a great job with the character. Now there is I won't not to like degrade her skill or anything, but you know having a great script allows a great actress or actor to portray a character in a way, especially with a great director. So you yeah, know, all those pieces came together, and there, you know there's some gamey acting in here a little bit because uh, it's a game, it's not a movie. But she did such a great job with the character, expressing the feelings and emotions of this character in you know different situations, and you know she there's a full range of things that happen here and I was it was believable from the beginning to the end and she is a heck of an actress um I'm just glad to see uh more women like this coming to the forefront in video games because they just they're so good it's just so good it's crazy too cuz this is her first professional role mm-hmm. which is awesome cuz she makes it even better she's a she was a student I believe that got this opportunity to be in this so um, yeah, that's that's really cool. I'm I'm glad that she got got some recognition. Was she up there in the Game Awards too as a nominee? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think um, she was. Well, my vote goes to more control. Courtney Hope as <laughs> okay. Jesse Faden. Right. Um, I was gonna do a Dr. Casper Darling. That's originally what I had because he was just so good um, as like these little videos, vignettes, and stuff like that. But you play Courtney Hope, and not only do you get to see. Uh, just Jesse character 
what she says other people, but you're inside of her head throughout mm. the entire game. Okay. And the inner thoughts of what she says to herself and the doubts that she has about things that she's doing and the things that are happening around her are really, really interesting. And it's kind of like, I think it's probably what people found so fascinating about Sinua's Sacrifice is like being inside that character's head and all the different conflicting thoughts are happening. Right, right. A lot of that happens here. And nice. um, I find that to be really just different. It's a different way to like deliver a performance. So being able to like, you're talking to yourself and have that sound believable and real and not fake or forced or whatever um, is really good. And the inner thoughts that she has gives context to the overall arching story that otherwise would not exist if it was just like dialogue with like, it's kind of like when you watch um, house of cards, you know, every once in a while, like Kevin Spacey would like, we would freeze time and he would go and like look directly at the camera and talk to you yep. and like give you some exposition or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, her in her head is kind of doing a similar thing, but she's not talking to you. Well, she is talking to you, but you, she's not looking at her. you don't know who you are. Oh. Like as like she's talking to this person in her head, but you are technically the person in her head, but you're also playing her character, but you don't know if she's talking to you, the player, or if she's talking to this other thing that's controlling her in her head that That's plays it's it's a weird convoluted. kind of it's a weird convoluted thing but uh, like i think she's talking to the voice in her head that's guiding her like cuz there's this the control or the 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 foundation or whatever they're called is this like thing that like talks to her and kind of guides her in some of the process of what she's doing okay, okay. and i think some of that might be who she's talking to or she's just talking to you the player and um i haven't quite figured that out yet gotcha but Either way, it's really interesting and right. cool. And she right. does a really good job at delivering those those lines and um, just, yeah, I mean, making it that more believable. Right. So I really like it a lot. But the community, another two-way tie here. No. Uh, we have partially, so a little bit of both, half and half. We have one <laughs> vote going towards Mads Mickelson as Cliffhunger and Death Stranding. And the other half going towards Cameron Monaghan as Cal Kestis in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Interesting fact, when I was listening to Stig on Moosin or whatever talking about the development of the game and they mm -hmm. asked, like, Cal Kestis is such a good role for this. How did you find him? And they were like, well, it's interesting because he was not in the first pick list when they were doing casting and they knew what they were looking for, but all of the people that they had act, they were just like, none of these people are even remotely good for what we want for this character. And they went through that whole list. And then one of the casting director or one of the guys that's involved in casting went back to their pile of like decline people that didn't get into the list of coming in for an audition. Right. And right. just like spent a night going through the list of stuff. And they came across Cameron Monaghan was like, huh, this guy could be good. Why was he rejected? And they didn't really know exactly why, but they brought it up to Stig. And then he looked down and was like, yeah, this guy makes total sense. We should bring him in. And they brought him in. It just like clicked. And they were nice. like, okay, that nice. makes sense. Let's let's cast him. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. That yeah. He was no, like was in great. the rejected list. Of the beginning. <laughs> I was like, well, we had no one else. So uh, you jump in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, yeah. he does a good job. No, yeah. He did, he did really good. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I give him credit for that because I think he was one of the better characters in the game. Um, and it was interesting seeing like a younger, I mean, you have like Anakin and stuff like that, but I think he, I don't know. I think he's better than Anakin was like in the, 
prequels, yeah. like way better actor as far as like delivering this like oh, yeah. making a believable character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. So good stuff. Thank you for the votes on that one. Um, we had a vote for Charlotte McBurney that was not you, so that oh, was cool. Interesting. No, it was me. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it wait, was not whoa, me. Whoa. It was not me. I'm Hang kidding. on a minute. Um, all right. Best music or sound design in a video game. This can be a, either for music or for a sound design or for a little bit of both. So that's kind of how this classification came out. Um, the nominees are Beat Saber, Katana Zero, Control, A Plague's Tale Innocence, and The Outer Worlds. Austin, what do you guess? Yes, I picked a Plague's Tale. Surprise! What? Because so again? Yes, because you know this is horror horror survival element to this set in a different time, and I, th- I believe it's in France. And it's interesting to kind of again like the story and the world is built out well, and for to make that all believable, you got to have the sound. And so the sound is on point because you have rats that bust out of the ground and try to kill you, and they're squirming around. There's like hordes of rats all around you, and so you have that element that's perfect for what they created along with the music that comes in at the right time it sets the mood or you know brings you up or brings you down depending on where the story's taking the characters and it was like yes this is everything i want and what percentage of this game were you uncomfortable uh probably in the beginning mostly because you're just getting introduced to the rats and what they do and then when they kill you they eat you and uh it's not good (laughs) (laughs) it's not good yeah <clears throat> yeah. So after that, you get you get used to everything, but there is some like squirminess to like fuck. I don't want to get eaten by these rats, uh, and there is a little bit of like mysticism to them as well, and like what they can do. It's crazy. Yeah. But everything there, it's good. It's great. Like I can't say much bad things about it. Nice. Yep. So what's yours, cool. Brett? Yeah. So mine is going to be Beat Saber. And uh, Surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this was a hard one because it's like, well, it's obviously has music and it's good music, so therefore it's good. But that's not the reason why I chose it as much as the really? way in which they use the sound as a gameplay mechanic is really, really important here. Mm-hmm. And yes, the music is great. And without great music, it wouldn't be a, as good of a game. But they took this great music and visualized this music in a really interesting, unique way mm-hmm. to where as you're playing the game and you're doing the beats, like you feel the music, you feel the rhythm. Right. And there are moments where I feel like I'm not doing it based on my, like looking at what I'm seeing. I'm doing it based on instinct and the feeling I'm getting from the music as I'm playing. Like right. there's some parts where it just moves so fast that you're just moving it based on the flow, the feel that you're getting from the sound and the beats and the rhythm of the of the game. And I think that they did a really, really good job at capturing that yeah. experience and tying those scenes together. And without the That's pretty good, man. The 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 breaks and the the boxes and stuff like that, like those little subtle sound effects. Yeah. yeah. All that ties in well at the end you have this really cool like didn't like when you when you success or you fail, like there's some cool little like musical tones to that. Um yeah, it's a it's a really good um visually in like I would it's one of those things where I appreciate the blessing of being able to hear stuff because it's like damn like yeah. this stuff sounds so good right um and uh yeah so love cool. it love it love it so what did the community say uh community was another tie between and I'm happy to see this between control ah. and katana zero both great pick. Well, I don't yeah. know about Control, but Katana Zero is like, it's up there. It, yeah. If Playstyle wasn't out, I would have picked Katana Zero. Yeah. It's so good. That yeah. music is amazing. 
Yeah, no, I was, I was very, so I was, I was excited to see Katana Zero, but Katana Zero just it does have a lot of subtle details, like yeah. the, oh, yeah. the slashing, the, the slow motion, all that stuff, those little subtle tones in a game that's like low graphics. Like the sound makes so much of an impact to that, right? Um, and Control had great music too. Like it was, the music was great, the sound design was really solid. There was a lot of interesting sounds with the enemies and interactions in the world and stuff like that, but. Um, not as much as Beat Saber. Beat mm. Saber is just whew, right, whew, beautiful, lovely. Um, all right, next category: best art direction. This is best game for yeah art. You know, it's like visuals, the world, all those jazzy jazz, jazz. Oh yeah, how it's constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, categories the uh, or the people in the categories are the nomination goes to Sayonara Wild Hearts, Super Mario Maker Two, Death Stranding. Control, The Outer Worlds, and Borderlands 3. There's a lot in there. I know. A lot of stuff to deal with. So, for me, I got Death Stranding because, well, obviously, the world is gigantic and it's expansive, and you can see for miles, and that alone is basically the reason why I picked it because, holy crap, that stuff looks amazing. Like, amazing. Like, it looks so real. Like, it's that commercial from the NVIDIA thing uh trailer where they're like this car's driving through a world and you think it's real but then it turns out that it's actually like super high in graphics that they're trying to come out with for pc i was just like well, this is pulled straight from that basically um but then everything else is like very simplistic obviously futuristic and i like the tone that is set just with how that is like everything just melts together well it feels believable um and it lo- everything looks good so there's that. Yeah. With things like the BB and stuff like that, you know, that's that's a really unique concept. That's yeah. a oh, yeah. really creative design that it's just like it's just it's weird. It's yeah. fucked up, but it's right. like really unique and interesting. But I didn't pick that. So no. um <laughs> I picked control. Surprise, okay. surprise. Okay. But mainly because like this 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 whole game takes place in one place. But you don't ever realize like I, when I first started, I was like, Man, how are they gonna make a game in this building? I don't know how they're going to do it. And then as I get like five, six levels deep or whatever, I'm like, holy shit, there's so much to this. <laughs> yeah. There's like underground, above ground. There's whole other dimensions that you go to. They're like holy shit. nothing like I've ever seen before. The way in which like is just parts where you have to like uh, eliminate a infection inside of a room or whatever from these things that are that are here that are that have started taking over people and you do that by um, eliminating all the bad guys Mm -hmm. and then destroying this, like this thing that just basically turns the room back to normal. It takes out the infection of that room. Right. And then when that happens, like the room is like, or an organic material that adjusts and contracts and changes and returns to a normal state based on what you just did. And like, that stuff alone is just like really, really clever and interesting. And there's some places where it's got this um, 60s vibe to like the design of the space. Right. So like Mad Men style looking offices and stuff of that nature, but dark. And um, therefore, and like computers, like they do have computers. So I guess it's not really sexy. It's more like 80s, I guess. But um, it looks older. But there's all these like weird, newer kinds of things inside the space and it's very stark everywhere but then there's all these like like they use red in like a great way throughout the world where it's just like 
you see red and red is bad. Obviously, it's it's not a good thing. Right. So you walk in a room, it's super dark red. You realize shit's about to go down. You're about to get fucked. <laughs> and uh, then you get rid of it, and then it's all bright and cheery. But then this freaking like crazy monster thing comes at you and tries to kill you, and you're like, holy shit, I thought I was safe, but I'm not. But it's just, it's yeah, it's really, nice. really great. They nice. did a good job with it. And um, the community voted the same. Oh, they said that. control. That was a... Uh, uh, 50% actually voted control, which I was really happy to see. Very cool. They loved it. And then Death Stranding was runner-up. So Very nice. Very nice. I like it. I like it. Best mobile game. Oh. We are here. This was different this year because we had say, Apple Arcade. Yeah. There's which, a lot like, there. we went from, like, no mobile games to all these, cate- these, like, available games to us because of Apple Arcade. And uh, the nominees are Grindstone, Sayonara Wild Hearts, what the Golf, Sky, Children of Light, and Card of Darkness. Only one of those is not Apple Arcade. Wow. Uh, That's which crazy. is Sky. But, yeah. Austin, what do you vote? So, actually, well, my other pick with this was Outlanders, uh, which I did did not pick. But it was between that one, which was actually a pretty fun game. I did and, start playing uh, it, actually, oh, last nice. week. Yeah, You like it? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. You can check out my review on it on, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't like the camera controls. Yes, that's kind of weird. It's a little like uh should be smoother. Yes, and it's not. I agree. But it is it's it's a simplified version of like a base building survival thing, which right. is cool. Yeah, I like it. But my pick was Grindstone. Yeah. Because I started it and I couldn't put it down and I forgot how far I got into it, but I put at least five hours into this game. Like I think that's quite a bit for a mobile game, uh, uh outside of Pokemon Go. <laughs> which I put like a lot and yeah, I enjoyed it. Like it's simple. It's fun. It has some interesting mechanics. Uh, obviously got challenges and things you can do within each level. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those games you can open up anytime, jump in, play some levels, get you some uh, achievements and move on with your life. I like exactly. It. Yeah. Um, that is my pick as well. Grindstone was, the first game I played on Apple Arcade and still to this day one of the best ones. I was actually just playing it like two days ago. I still jump into it every once in a while because there's a shit ton of levels in this game and it gets really, really hard and I'm at the point right now where I've lost all my hearts and all my money so I got to go back to old levels and grind to get more uh. Uh, more stuff uh, in there but uh, it's it's so good. Like it's perfect when it comes to puzzling. Mm. Like the... Mm. like. Just the moments where you can chain together like a 20 plus chain of killing the little baddies is so satisfying. And then watching the animation as he goes and you start speeding up towards the end. It's yeah. just like, yes, I am magic. It gets really exciting. Exactly. It's really good. It's good stuff. Um, the uh, community pick actually went to, it was a tie, two-way tie between Grindstone, of course, and uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Which for me was a close second because this game is beautiful and it almost won best art direction for me because it literally takes color and visual design and puts it on another level tied to rhythm. It's it's kind of like how Beat Saber did all the rhythm with their their stuff. Like this is a a game where you're playing a song but in a visual sense and you're this character and you're moving the character through this world to the rhythm of a song. Right. And it's just full of color and lights and like the gameplay elements tie into it. And then there's all these weird, uh, like things transition throughout the level. So like you're doing this one thing where you're just like moving left and right in the world. And then all of a sudden it changes to where you're like fighting somebody as it's moving. Yeah. And then you're back to 
like moving straight again. It's just like this whole trippy thing. It's a really good game, but it's not grindstone. It's not grindstone. So sadly, it's not. Sadly, it's not. But but I'm glad that the community voted for that and gave them some kudos. But what ne- what's next, Brett? Next up is our, so we've done the big game ones here. Now we're getting into our surprise and disappointments. So first up is our biggest surprise. This could be a video game or an event. And the categories or the nominees are Apple Arcade, just as a event, the launch of Apple Arcade. Right. Apex Legends being right. a random drop. Fortnite Season 2 reveal being we shut the freaking game down for two days. It's crazy. <laughs> Half-Life Alex being revealed or Battlefield 5 just like actually surviving into its next right. year of infancy. Right. But Austin, what did yes. you decide to pick in well, this moment? Let's just do across the board. Oh wait, oh yeah, that's right, across the board. It, it was Half-Life Alex. <laughs> like, yes, that is we've been talking about Half-Life 3 for I I think the whole time we've been on this podcast Forever. ever since we started. And now uh yeah, we um we got something and I'm pretty sure it's leading to uh, Half-Life 3 in some shape or form. But I'm pretty sure we'll get a few games in between that. But I'm super pumped. Everyone else is pumped. Don't get too excited pumped. about Half-Life 3. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not excited about Half-Life 3. I'm just excited that we have something Half-Life. Yeah, exactly. General. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm like, I don't know if we'll ever see Half-Life 3. Well, we probably won't because when's the last time Valve actually did a three, a third iteration of any game? Never. Never. So. Well, technically this will be. No, it's not. It's Half Life Alex. <laughs> Half Life Alex. <laughs> They're incapable of doing three. I know. I know. Yeah. No, I. I. I uh, it. This wasn't like a huge, huge thing for me, but it was just kind of a surprise that. Well, yeah, I guess it was a huge thing because I just never thought we'd ever see Half Life again. Exactly. I thought they kind of like killed the idea right. entirely. Right. And then we knew that they were leading up to some kind of reveal that was a flagship title on the new VR headset. I was left for dead. Thought it was left for dead. Thought. You know, something was going to come out, and then finally they announced Half-Life Alex. And reports early on are that it's a lot of fun, and people are, like, really getting into it. Yeah. So I mean, it, it comes out in March. sold out of their, their, their headset. Yeah. Their VR headset. So Yeah. That's fascinating. That's how popular it is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what is it? How much is a headset? Like, 1200 bucks? It's like 1000 yeah. yeah. Like, that's not just chump change. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting because, like, some I was listening to some people talk about different events that happened this year, and not many people think that this was as big of a deal. And it really wasn't. I mean, because it came and kind of went. And I'm surprised the way that Half Life did this because they could have announced this, or Valve could have announced the City Three. They could have like, well, they were going to book in this at the Game Awards, and they pulled it out last minute. So I don't know why they pulled it, right. but for whatever reason, they decided not to be at the Game Awards, and instead they just did it like a solo. Hey, check this out. We have a new trailer and we're bringing out Half-Life Alex. Surprise. Check it out. And then it just kind of went dark again. I'm like, it's such a weird, I don't know, thing that and there was like all this hype for a couple of days and then it's just it's kind of now gone for now until like yeah. it gets closer to the game release, but right. I'm I was okay surprised it didn't make more of a big deal about it, but yeah. I guess that's Valve. Like yeah. they Yeah. They're different people, so Right. That is what it is. Right. But uh, yeah, Half-Life Alex was the pick from our community, but second runner-up was Apex Legends. So it's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. It was very good. I, that probably would have been it if I didn't have Half-Life Alex. I agree. Uh, biggest disappointment, also a video game or event, we have Pokemon Sword and Shield, Crackdown 3, Anthem, the Blizzard Hong Kong response, the Fallout first announcement, and Rage 2. Very nice. Awesome. What do you pick? 
I got Rage 2 because I was actually looking forward to that game and then played it and along with everyone else who played it, they're just like, eh, it's not, it's not, no, it's not, it's not good. A lot of flaws, a lot of weird things, you know, I expected something, you know, kind of crazy like Doom meets Fallout or something like that and we didn't get that. We just got some craziness and then I got to a point in the level where I was supposed to return to a guy and I couldn't complete the mission because it was bugged. So I was like, well, I'm done with this game. <laughs> I tried. I tried to put in some hours and it, the game stopped me. So how were the shooter mechanics? Just like they were good. If you look at that, yeah, they're like, good. Yeah, it, it was kind of like not. Yeah, they were good, but not division two level. No, it wasn't yeah. division two level. Dang, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's like it's software and like Max Payne people, not Max Payne people, uh, just cause people. Yeah, like I figured it'd be better, but. I guess not. Oh, well. Oh, well. It is what it is. It is. My it biggest is. disappointment this year, Crackdown 3, because I thought it would be great, and then it came out, and people didn't like it. I'm still going to play it because it's on Game Pass, and I'm just going to download it and try it out. See, that would have been mine, but I already knew it was going to suck, so I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even bother. It wasn't a surprise to me. Well, that had you a are mean. Rocky development kept getting pushed back, and eventually they're just like, we just got to launch this thing. Screw it. So there was that. And Brett, yeah. what about our community? Um, uh, Blizzard Hong Kong response yes. was their biggest disappointment. Yes. Um, so I did want to put this as mine, but I felt like I needed to talk about Rage Two. So there's that about your rage that you about had my about Rage Two. Rage Two. <laughs> but yes, Blizzard Hong Kong response. You know, gun everybody for voting for this because that was messed up, like super messed up. It's still messed up, even now, even though they try to correct it. Um, some yep. people say they did a good job with the speech at. At BlizzCon 2019, but I, I'm in agreement with some other people who say, no, it was just bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and for those that don't know, briefly, uh, Blizzard banned, or banned this guy for speaking out about the stuff that was going on in Hong Kong um, in defense of his people in Hong Kong. And they were like, nope, you can't talk about that. And you're banned because you spoke your mind about yeah. something. Because China money. China money. But uh, yeah, the runners up for this were Anthem. This was a three-way tie between Anthem, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and Fallout first announcement. Oh, wow. So everybody hated that stuff too. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. Right before we get to the game of the year, we have most underappreciated game. Those categories or those nominees include Wargroove, Dr. Mario World, Concrete Genie, Remnant from the Ashes, and Greedfall. And I just changed mine, so... Oh my gosh. It is across the board. What was yours? <clears throat> I don't want to say. <laughs> Dr. Mario World? Exactly. <laughs> that was mine. Oh, very nice. Oh, you changed yours too? Okay. I did change it. Right. I did. I might as well. I, I mean, I agree with this. Yep. It is underappreciated. All this, yeah. Th this game is unappreciated. What is it, Brett? Concrete Genie. Surprise. Yeah. That is the most underappreciated game of the year. It's a game that it was interesting because when it came out on E3, people were really excited about it because oh, yeah. of the gameplay. Right. And that, holy shit, you can like paint on the walls and do all this cool stuff. And then they had more trailers leading up to it and people were like, they had a lot of press. And then it came out and it was kind of like, nobody talked about it. Like, what the heck? Where did, where did all the hype go? Mm -hmm. Like, what happened to it? Mm -hmm. And um, I've played it uh, pretty extensively. We actually have a review video up on youtube.com slash gamer you can check out. Um, I haven't completely beat it yet, but I'm pretty. I'm like at least two-thirds of the way through the game, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, oh, it yeah. is, it's it's fun. I mean, there's puzzles. There is, uh, there's no like mega combat, but there is going to be combat later on in the game. But just, just being able to sit there and just 
paint beauty up on these like drab because you're in this like seaside town. It's like a fishing town, very industrial. All the industry's gone to shit. It's not there anymore. Right. So it's kind of deserted, and you are there to kind of bring life to it. You're like an artist. You can draw, and then you meet these little genies that you know, when you paint on the walls, they come to life. And um, it's a great concept. Help you with stuff. It's just yeah. a really cool, fun family game. I mean, it's, it's a very good family-oriented game, and it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Gorgeous graphics, too. Gorgeous, gorgeous yeah, graphics. I'm sure. So kudos to the team behind Concrete Genie. And now we come to the final, the final award. This is our game of the year for 2019. The goatee for 2019. The nominees are. There are no nominees. No. It's, it's anything. <laughs> it's anything. It's anything. Yeah. It's whatever you want it to be. I did not put nominees for this because it's the game of the year. So yeah, this subjective. can be whatever you want it to be in 2019. Austin, we have made it to this point. Yes. We are over an hour into the podcast on this segment. Yes. What is your goatee of the year? Give it to me now. It was a plague's tale innocence. Yes. What? Surprising. Because I just felt like overall it was a well-rounded game. Everything meshed together the way it should have. It told a great story. It had great actors, a great character, great script, great director, great sound design. Like it all comes together and it is a fun game. I mean, again, you could argue that the game mechanics are too simplistic and it does get a little repetitive. But again, with a great story that has fire under your feet as a main character, it pushes you forward and the pacing is fantastic. So it gets game of the year for me. That's crazy. I know, right? I'm actually kind of surprised because, like, there was a lot of games that came out this year, a lot of big games, you know, be amongst, like, Star Wars and Death Stranding and all these, like, big, huge, highly hyped games. Like, that's a that's that's saying a lot that this game got your yes. game of the year. So. Right. Well, I mean, originally I was talking that the Outer Worlds was going to be my game of the year. Right, in the Outer Worlds. Because there's a lot. I mean, it took the Fallout that I enjoy playing and put it in space and had some awesome mechanics and great dialogue and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, it was good things, but when it comes down to it, like it's an indie, it's an indie game, but that's not the reason why it is game of the year. It's because it was well-rounded and put together and the outer worlds has some missing pieces and, you know, rough around the edges. So I, I just couldn't give it to it, you know? Interesting. It's yeah. up there though. It's yeah. up there. Well, Bummer for the Outer world, Outer Worlds, yeah. but it also didn't get as much on the Game Awards either, which is kind of crazy. Like everybody was like, "Oh, that's gonna get everything," but right. no, there's a lot of good games this year yes. that were kind of like sleeper hits that weren't. It's it's just been a weird year because all these games that came out early in the year are still being remembered as great games. Like later in the year, usually like people forget about that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Plague Tale came out when did it come out? Like. Early, uh, it was like May. It was March, in the first quarter. I feel April? like I don't know, something like that, or maybe right at the second quarter, something yeah. like that. Um, that's awesome. Well, uh, my game of the year may not be a surprise. <laughs> surprise! <but laughs> my game of the year goes to something that I think is very, very well deserved, and it is Control. Mm-hmm. I have voted for Control for. I've talked a lot about like all the reasons why I enjoy it, but this is one of the most polished games that released this year in that it was very focused. It was, the gameplay was like, like almost perfect. I think in a lot of ways, very perfect. The gunplay was good. Um, the fact you don't have to like for fine ammunition is awesome. 
the powers were amazing. I mean, like, you know, you have two games that came out this year that both had powers. You have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that had force only, force powers. This game technically also has force powers. They're just not called force powers. I can do telekinesis. Like, mm-hmm. I can do all kinds of crazy shit. Like, you're basically that. You just, instead of having a lightsaber, you have a gun. But your gun is like can do anything you want it to do. It can be a shotgun, it can be a pistol, it can be a machine gun. It's just all the guns, all in one. Oh yeah, which is awesome. And uh, the character development, the discovery of story beats throughout it, the world design, um, the fact that it's remedy, like it's it's just focused. It's it's got it all. I mean, it it, hit, it ticks all the boxes of what a good game should be. And um, therefore, I vote control. Very happy about it. Very nice. Very nice. Yes, I gotta play it still. I I just gotta find time you to should. play it. That and uh, Sekiro. Yeah, like I just want to dive into it to see what it's like. See if you can get. I into probably it or not. won't like beat it or anything, but yeah. I just want to try it out. Well, hopefully this year, I bet you some of these games will come out this year on PS4 uh, Plus stuff. Sweet. So I'm hold, hold tight for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, and the game of the year from the community. We had a lot. So when I did the game of the year for the community, I left it empty to really get us fill in a box. So we had a lot of diverse answers. Um, but the one that came out as having more than one vote was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. Very nice. That was their community vote. Very nice. I am, it's, it's amazing how like everybody had a different goatee. Yeah. Like you had a different one. I had a different one. But I'm glad to see all these get the recognition that they deserve because mm-hmm. they're all great games. Right. And uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order got some votes. We also got votes for Control, Kingdom Hearts 3, Fire Emblem 3 Houses, Borderlands 3, Resident Evil 2, Pokemon Shield. So people were all over the board. Wow. I even got a Rainbow Six Siege in here, which wow. didn't come out this year. I know. But they are, I mean, that is a solid ongoing game. Yes, so for sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of support goes to that. So there you have it, folks. Very nice. Game of the year 2019. Very nice. That's well, it. If you want to listen to these goaties, go to 247 for Jedi Fallen Order, or you can go over to Control for 235, and then go to episode 221 for A Place to Tell Innocence. Dang, that's a long time ago. Yes, yes, it crap. is. So, and then for all hey, the games that, that we talked about. When did that podcast about, come out? 221? 221 came out May 29th, 2019. Oh, okay. So that's about And that is April, when, I guess. that's like a few, uh, 10 days after that game launched. Okay. So, okay. Nice. Nice. Yes. Look at that. That is crazy. There it is. And with that, that's going to conclude our topics of discussion for 2019. However, Woo. I'm sure there'll be some more stragglers that come into play because I want to talk more in depth on Disco Elysium. I want to talk some more about some other games, but we have a new year. Like we have 2020. Um, if you yes, go back to our podcast that came out in December, we talked about our most anticipated games of 2020. Um, so there's a lot to be excited about. A lot of games we don't even know are going to come out this year. I mean, who knows? Respawn might be like, oh, by the way, we have another full game that we dropped <laughs> randomly one day. Oh, gosh. It's like, uh, who knows what's going to happen? Right, right. But um, exciting, man. So I know. exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a really tough game of the year again. Again. So keeps ramping up. If you guys have questions or want to contribute to next week's segment, visit theinnergamer.net and send us your feedback. You can also join our Discord channel in the show notes to chat with us on our upcoming discussions. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking 
forward to next week. Let's talk about our upcoming video game releases in 2020. And also, our free games of the month of January. We don't have much time left. We're over halfway through the month. But, no, we're not halfway through the month. We're almost halfway through the month. So you got plenty of time to download these games on PS4. Your free games of 2020, January, are Brett. Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> what were we going to say? That. I was going to say, fuck me. This this Uncharted, Nathan Drake collection is coming out. I'm so pissed off. Right? It's free. No, that's great. You can but go back and play all the Uncharted games again. You don't understand. I, and like two months ago, went ahead and bought Uncharted 4 because I was like, I want to make sure I have this in my arsenal of games that I want to go back and play. Oh, yeah. It won't include that, though. It won't? No, it's just... Oh, a, it's just 1, 2, and 3. It's 1, 2, and 3. Oh, I was just assuming they added No, I wish. That'd be great. There. Yeah, no. Because it's not the collection without the fourth one. PS4, cheap they, bastards. They can still make money off of that. I'm so. just kidding. Yeah, yeah that's true. They did. Yeah. Because I bought it off GameStop. But did they? They did not. But hey, you can also get Goat Simulator for free. Oh, okay. I'll probably get that. I know you've been waiting for that game oh, for a long time. So you don't understand. Like, just just anxious. You can't sleep about it, I'm sure. We, we might need to stream that because Goat Simulator is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I'd be down with that. Okay. I'd like to make some videos about it. I think it'd be fun. We might do that because yeah. you can put four of us in there, I believe. Can you now? Yeah. Well, we might be able to. I think they made it like well, multiplayer or whatever. PC, I think. Oh. I could be wrong. Well, we'll I own it, it on PC, so there we go. I'm looking at the camera and no one's <clears> looking at me. All right. On Xbox, with those that have the Games with Gold or the Game Pass Ultimates or whatever you want, Game pass you get Sticks, Shards of Darkness, Batman the Telltale series, awesome, Tekken 6, and Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy. So if you're on Xbox, you got four games you can pick up this month. Better go grab them. Go get them now. Get them now before it's too late. And then we have a new year. Um, January, fortunately, is very light on game releases. Uh, so coming out within the next week, we have two games on January 17th on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I know Austin's really excited about this. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Relive the story of Goku and other Z fighters in Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Beyond the epic battles, experience life in the Dragon Ball Z world as you fight, fish, eat, and train with Goku, Gohan, Vegeta, and others. Austin, did you pre-order this already? Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, are you super excited about this? Oh my gosh, I've got like eight copies. I mean, you're like the most hardcore Dragon Ball Z fan I know. That is accurate. Yeah. Minus the fact that I pre-ordered any of this. I did not. Dang. Did not. Bummer. Are you going to get this? No. Damn. Why not? I mean, cinematically, it looks cool, and it's interesting, but it's basically just turning the games into the TV show where you can actually battle them, and exactly. I don't see the difference between the old games that they came out with. Yeah, but it's exciting. Minus that it's just more cinematic. Yeah. Like, are they re... Is it new actor? Like, it's I don't exciting. understand what the point of this is. It's good stuff. I mean, it looks cool. I, I agree, but, like, is this necessary? It's I don't think so. story-based Dragon Ball Z. Why don't you just... Why don't you, okay? Maybe there's other mechanics in there that I just haven't seen yet, but I'm just like, okay, what's different between the other games? Minus it's a little more cinematic, and maybe you get a little free roam in this. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not gonna get it. Well, that's a bummer. Maybe I'll watch like the movie on YouTube because yeah. Anyway, cool. There's that. Well, um, that's all that's coming out. I was had another game on here, but then I realized it already came out. Oh, okay. But I'll talk about it anyway, just because, just like real quick, Moons of Madness, this game that came out on PC back last year, has a 7 out of 10 on uh, the webs. But it looked interesting because it is a first-person story-driven cosmic horror game where the scientific exploration of Mars meets the supernatural dread of Lovecraft. 
and it's coming out on PS4 and Xbox One on the 21st. But reviews are ho hum on Steam, so oh, no. it might not be as good. Not the ho hum uh, reviews. IGM gave it a five out of ten. So oh, okay, never mind. So that's it. <laughs> that's the game. Forget Dragon that Ball one. Z Kakarot. There you go. And with that, it's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. Yes, we are back weekly in your eardrums. Visit theinnergamer.net for our latest episodes, videos, and social channels. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend we got an 18th review on Apple Podcasts. Oh. But it wasn't five stars, but that's okay because we still have five stars. Guys, we just want reviews. Review. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. And don't forget about our event next week. We will be this week, actually, uh, on Thursday at Hot Fusion. So come on out, visit, hang out with us. You can find me there later on in the evening. And then uh, Corey from Friend of Hope Boarding Cafe will also be there. So mm-hmm. come on out. Yeah. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at innergamer.net. Yes, that's .net. We're too good for .com. And all donations go toward making the podcast, videos, and events even better. You can also join in on the conversation over in our Discord channel. Check out the show notes for that link. As always, sharing our content and getting it in front of more eyes helps us more than you know, and we appreciate all of your support that you've given us throughout the year and the upcoming year, 2020, that we're in right now. My name's Austin Morales. My name's Brian Hosky. And you've been listening to the Intergarrant Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Podcast, I out. Toss a coin to your witcher, a valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh, Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty. At the edge of the world, fight the mighty horde that bashes and breaks you and brings you to mourn. He thrust every elf far back on the shelf High up on the mountain From whence it came Ah, He wiped out your best Got kicked in his chest He's a friend of humanity So give him the rest That's my epic tale A champion prevailed Defeated the villain Now pour him some ale Toss a coin Whole valley of plenty, whole valley of plenty, oh, oh. Toss a coin to your witcher, whole valley of plenty. Toss a coin to your witcher, whole valley of plenty, whole valley of plenty, oh, oh. Toss a coin to your witcher and friend of humanity. We're back! What went 2020? The Roaring Twenties! It's gonna be awesome! Video games! Oh, Valley of Plenty! Oh, Valley of Plenty! Toss a coin to your witcher! Oh, valley of plenty. Oh, valley of plenty. You're killing me. That's a coin for your witcha. You're really into this. Witcha. Witcha.
Okay. Not for kids. <laughs> not for kids. <laughs> yes, this content is not suitable for children. That's right, Copa. This is not suitable for children, so fuck off. Yeah, you're gonna Copa us? Well, I'm gonna Copa your ass with my dick. Okay, I'm just kidding. Let's go. Yeah, we've already we, we already we did established the countdown. that. We okay. already did the countdown. Now, three, two, one. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> A coin Record. to your witcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, ha ha. That's a coin to your witcher. If my face could be seen, <laughs> it is not happy. <laughs> <laughs>